This is Creative Writing Motorcycle Podcast episode. Nobody has any clue what episode it is. Yeah. It's, one, it's 135. Wow. We are making our way uh, closer to 150, which I'm pretty stoked about. When did I come in? Like the 80s? 84 or 85. I actually have it marked on my calendar. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yes. Welcome to episode 135. It's been a hell of a couple weeks. I'm glad to be back in the studio. Wigs looks like, I don't even know if this is the real guy that uh, was I'm here. I'm glad to be back in the studio, too. Yeah. So let's kick this uh, intro music and get the show started. It's always fun to sit here and stare at each other in like awkward silence. Uh, while the music's playing, while the music yeah. plays, and I'm gonna have to edit all that out. That it just recorded, even though we couldn't hear it, it was recording. So, oh. yeah, awesome. So, hey, Wigs, what's the haps? I actually wrote us a little schedule based on some positive feedback from last time, and uh, so I thought I better uh, stick, stick to, to it. it. Yeah, and first, uh, first thing we have to talk about, we got a little bit of news. And I know you've got you've got some interesting stuff that you're going to talk about. You've been away for a couple of weeks, so I want to I want to catch up with you. I've been away actually for a couple of weeks, so I want to catch up with myself. Yeah. And uh, jumping into the news really quickly, there's a few things we've missed. Uh, I don't even know. Actually, Flat Track luckily took a break for like a month, so we kind of got fortunate in the fact that uh, we didn't have to worry about reporting on it or anything like that. So. Um, They've been off, so sweet for for us. But um, they've actually haven't been. Uh, they've been doing some like state fair races where the pros go to local areas and steal money from the locals, <laughs> which is everyone's a fan of, and uh, which is another reason to keep hooligan hooligan. Also, there's been quite a bit of racing X Games has happened. Yeah. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about that um, and some stuff that has transpired that's going to actually shape. Uh, the remainder of the flat track season. And then uh, kicking off this week is what happened last week. World Ducati Week happened, and I've been getting nothing but press releases every damn day that that thing's happening that's like talking about all the Ducatisti and this and that that's happening. And um, so, yeah, it's a big deal. It's a huge deal, actually. And uh, it, it's where they go to Misano, which is like the circuit Circuito de Marco Simoncelli or whatever. I, that might see how good my Italian is. Very good. <laughs> and um, they have basically a running of the bulls, which is like getting all the Ducatis together. I guess that's Lamborghini, right? Running of the bulls. But I think Ducati yeah. might call it that too. They get all the red together. And um, they actually had like a celebrity race, which was really cool. And they had, uh, I forget exactly how many Ducatisti, but they said it was like um, 10,000 more than they've had. This is the 10th occurrence of it and i think it happens every two years is that what a ducati owner is a ducatisti that's what they call them in italian yeah uh a ducatisti and um not in in california i'm like in the category of that that they don't want to admit exist yeah i was gonna say in california we call them snobs but you're a hooligan (laughs) a hooligan ducatisti (laughs) a ducatooligan my bike's just not a typical yeah snob duck yeah (laughs) 
I know. Well, and speaking of that, I'll get to that in a second. But this is they have it every two years, and this was the tenth occurrence of it. So I guess it's been happening for twenty years now. Wow. So yeah, that's pretty crazy. It's kind of cool though. Yeah, and. Like I said, there was 10,000 more people than there's ever been. Uh, this being the 10th year, I imagine that like a bajillion people came out. The celebrity race featured like all, a lot of – Casey Stoner wasn't there, but it, there was a lot of past Ducati uh, championship uh, winners, World Superbike and MotoGP when, you know, when Ducati was like across the board. And I think maybe even uh, – a like a uh, what was it called what was it called a, a while a long time ago uh not world superbike but there used to be another one that was like moto gp but it was like international you know what i'm saying well, moto gp sh- is international i know but there was <laughs> that's what you get <laughs> oh yeah there's gonna be random sound effects in here that i didn't delete out from last week that's gonna be one of them oh, okay um I swear to God, there was another besides World Superbike and GP. Maybe there might have been another one, but I can't remember right now. But um, so they had like uh, Matt Melandry, uh, uh, Troy Bayless, uh, Michelle Pirro, or I forget who else the fuck it was. I guess I should have had these notes ready instead of like on a different screen on my phone. But anyway, there was. T- 12, uh, 12 Ducatis that got raced by celebs, and at the end of this week, after the after the race, they auctioned them off, and so I thought that was pretty cool. Sadly, Troy Bayless came in last. I didn't get to see the race or anything. I didn't know where, where I would look to find it, but I was kind of hoping he, because he's still racing. He's racing Australian Superbike, yeah. and he does a bunch of schools, and he races a uh, they don't call it flat track, but they do like tar track over there. They do. He has that like Troy Bayless classic. That's like yeah. a TT. It's like a flat TT. Yeah. And a jump. Yeah. yeah it's, it's the like, lima bean. Uh, yeah. Track. I think it's more road coursey than that, isn't it? Uh, or is yeah. it just a lima bean track? It's like, it's shapes like a lima bean. It's shaped okay. like a TT, but without a jump. Okay. And it's on a tar track. Like it's uh it's gravel. That's just been, it's like yeah, yeah. pea gravel that's just been covered in tar, so it still kicks. It's up. It's still loose and yeah, kicks up. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, that was that was cool, and they laid bricks at this new, uh, at like a new dedication circuit that they had there. You know, everybody's buying all, all red shit. The jets flew over with spraying out Italian color flag smoke. If you're a lame Ducati owner, then I'm sure you had a lot of fun. Uh, but I enjoyed getting 85 press releases over the course of the week <laughs> talking about how rad it was. And they had a lot of festivals with people that I've never heard of. They must be like big in Europe. Like the, if the Hoff was there, they're like, oh, David Hasselhoff played our music. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised. But uh, so, yeah, there was a lot of things going on. It sounded like one of those things that's becoming less of a motorcycle gathering and more of like a lifestyle event. So, Good for Ducati and World yeah. Ducati Week 2018 uh, wrapped up with the victory at Pikes Peak and a celebrity race and some awesome – every single celebrity bike that raced was So what bike won Pikes Peak then? Uh, Carlin Dunn on the 1260 Multistrada hmm. won this year. They took back over. He won it again. Remember a few years ago, he just – he rode there, raced, won it, and went home. Oh, yeah. And then the friggin' – was the KTM Super Duke? Yeah, it was the KTM. And KTM did actually pretty well this this week, or this year too. But um, the, it was a smaller one. You see, I know it's not really our podcast, but the what car won it? A Hyundai? Oh no, the VW. Right? Oh VW, that's right. Yeah, the electric. But it was electric. 
So, yeah. like, when you get to the top, it's not affected by yeah. atmospheric pressures. Yeah, the no carb stuff to worry about, not even fuel injection. Well, even fuel injected, they said you leave, you lose like 20, 25 percent of your lot. horsepower. Yeah. yeah, I was just listening to that on the two enthusiasts. The thing with they said that the, the arrow is super, super important because as the air gets thinner, for gas vehicles, that's a problem. But for electric vehicles, it's the downforce. You lose downforce because mm-hmm. there's less air to push against your car. So that's the problem that the electrics had was making making enough downforce to hold it to the ground. And I was listening to two enthusiasts, oddly enough, this week. They've made a lot of good points. And one of them was um, a while ago, you know, when it wasn't paved all the way to the top, you used to see a lot more supermoto and old flat track style bikes. And come to think of it, last year was the was one of the last years that I saw the flat trackers, uh, an old like yeah. traditional flat trackers going up there and racing. I yeah, when I it was half and half, that'd be a lot better for those bikes. But yeah. I had a friend do it on a supermoto this year. He probably did well. He did it on that uh, the Buell, the real fancy. Uh, what's the Spanish company that does the Buells? They do Azeda. No. That does Buells. Totally should know this, and I that does forgot Buells, it. Huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, bot bot power. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. Yeah. So he did it on the bot power last year. Yeah, right when you said Buells, I was like, "There's only one that I can still think of, and it's them." Yeah. Yeah. So but they did it on the XB9 RR. It yeah. was pretty trick. One of my favorite Buells, by the way. Um, yeah, so that that happened. And if you want to do it this week, go. I'd go listen to the latest two enthusiasts. They make a lot of good points on there. I'll probably bring some of them up uh, in a second. Um, the next thing that happened was X Games. Our own Wigs was there. It was. I, ha- I made it. I have a chart somewhere that I think shows me where you finished, and we'll talk about that later when when uh, we're talking about the X Games. But one of the thing, one of the highlights of that. I was super stoked because when I was a kid and I loved skateboarding and riding my bike, my my grandma, who pretty much raised me, was like, you'll never amount to anything riding that damn skateboard around and like <laughs> growing your hair out all along. And then now people are making – and Tony Hawk actually uh, – I was like, listen, this guy, he's – this guy's making six figures, you know, she didn't yeah. believe me, but he, now he's like, you know, he's basically like the chairman of like all action sports. And it's just cool to see stuff that I used to get in trouble for, like riding motorcycles and skateboarding being, uh, uh considered a sport and, yeah. and, and a metal sport. Um, so I, I thought that was cool. I loved watching the skateboarding of all things just cause I haven't skated in like freaking probably 15 years probably. And, um, it was just so rad to see these people do stuff that I used to be able to do, and it kind of got me stoked to go do it again. And then I saw the motorcycle Big Air, and I was like, oh, yeah, I could do that too. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, so, I'll tell you what. The mega ramp, like yeah. I get scared of heights looking up at it. Yeah. It's so I crazy. saw a picture of someone and we could like, drop in. Yeah, we could, I could have went up in it. It's just got an elevator. and you, an they elevator. totally Like with the athlete's pass, I can go anywhere. Dude. And I – Totally could have went up in it. And no, like, can I drop trusty rusty? No, in? Yeah. Thanks. Somebody took a shot on Instagram looking down and I got like free. I was like, it's oh, I would puke. Dude. My stomach would. It's so tall. Yeah. I would probably literally puke like I was bungee jumping yeah. by the time I got down there. It's crazy. Um, one of the, one of the troublesome things that happened to X games was, uh, Brad Baker's crash. I didn't see it and I, and I barely basically heard about it, but a lot of the, the videos got taken down okay. because he was actually hurt. But yeah, 
I don't know. I mean, the crazy part, it's all about, like, and everyone says, like, it's all about how you hit. Yeah. Because it didn't look that hard. Right. But it, uh, he must have just hit something and twisted something just right. Right. So let's back up to the Stevie Bonzi Rocket Man crash. Stevie Bonzi was like 12 feet in the air, but Jake Johnson literally did a reverse scorpion where his head, yeah. when he crashed, looked like his head touched the middle of his back. You could see in slow mo, you yeah. could see up, up his helmet is how far. So he cracked himself in half and, and yeah. came back next race. Yeah. So whatever Baker did, it. Sh- hit a couple t i want to say t6 which is thoracic and i i think that's up higher I, or maybe that's uh yeah i think that's yeah up i don't higher. know it kind of like so it, there was a pretty good hole in the back stretch and this is honestly you can't build a racetrack in 10 hours <laughs> and that's what they did so they've done that on almost every x games right uh no they rush built a lot of them but I don't know. I mean, I've said this before too. Like, here's the problem with pop up tracks, or not the problem. They can be done right. Like, get on YouTube and look up Cardiff Speedway GP. Those are pop up tracks. They go into a stadium and they build a track, and it is beautiful. For some reason in America, we cannot do that. So anyway, it was a pop-up track. It was also a weird day. So there was like a, a thick dirt base, and they would they moved landing ramps and jumps around every night. Yeah, I was going to say that was the previous day was the, uh, the step up and the high bar jump for the freestyle yeah. motocross or something. Well, and the day before they had – like I remember going in Friday and then going in Saturday, and I'm like, wait a minute. That huge landing ramp's not there anymore. So – you know, they would, as soon as the stuff was done, they'd pull in trucks and, and dozers and stuff, and they'd move all the dirt around. It's pretty crazy. So for ours, instead of taking the jump and building a track out of it, they just took all the dirt out, and we basically raced on the dirt base that was there. But I don't know. I think they could have um, put a little banking in and made it a little bit thicker. And maybe that would have worked. And they pack it with concrete rollers. Like, just not how you do a dirt track. Yeah. So it wasn't beautiful by any means. It, but it, I've ridden a lot worse at the same time. You know, the uh, the Austin's X Games tracks was basically like a motocross track. <laughs> well, and the shitty part about that is that's a track that's still there. Like, especially the second year we were there, we even had an AFT race on it. Um, that I that I did, we did like an exhibition at, a, at an AFT race, and but they don't like that track. Just sit would sat like between the first X Games and then the AFT, and then the you know there were three races on it. Like the thing with dirt tracks, the the good ones are all old. They've all got dirt and rubber and oil like mixed in. Um, <clears throat> it just makes them better, but. So anyway, yeah, Austin wasn't really a pop-up, but it was shitty. Yeah. And then last year was a pop-up, but they had a little more time to deal with it. And we also did two days of practice, or we did a day of practice and then some practice and race the next day. Yeah. Apparently they made this one inside too in case it rained so people could enjoy it. Because they said the one that you guys did last year. Yeah. It rained that morning or something like that. Well, this year the heat was sweltering and they were saying coming through those skylights, the athletes were baking they were saying some of the the um 
BMX and skaters on that street street course were just like not given up, but like you could tell they were just fatigued at the yeah. end of their like two minute run or something. I mean, not even two minutes. They were just like dying out there because it was so freaking hot. Yeah, I think uh, it, it rained on us at X Games two years ago. I don't think we really got rain last year, but and I could be mistaken. I don't really remember. <laughs> so the main reason they put it indoors was just for TV and fans. Yeah, they thought it would be better to watch. Yeah, that too. And you know. One of the things that we have shown the pros, and this is literally where this idea came from because I had someone at Harley that makes decisions tell me too. Like the hooligans have showed the pros that you can take an eighth mile track and put big bikes on it and have a good race. Yeah. But the track was a single groove. It was really hard to pass. Like you had to be kind of aggressive or someone had to make a mistake. Um, there was really no straightaway. It was like a big circle. Actually, when they first had it set up, it really was a big circle. And then Jared, me started pushing in hay bales on the straightaway. Um, <laughs> but yeah, on the backstretch and I know cause I hit that hole trying to take a wide line. Um, it would like buck you. And yeah. then with, with Baker being more sideways than like we are, he was just sideways and it, it just compresses suspension it looked like and just spit him off um so it's a bummer but it's a spinal injury he's up he's like yeah smiling his his girlfriend and mom are there like he's doing better um he had surgery sunday night i believe yeah the last last thing i read was that he had had surgery and he was like in good spirits yeah so but i don't that's all the detail that anyone has heard publicly. Yeah. There's a spinal and he's out of surgery. Yeah. So hopefully he, I, I'm, I'm wondering if he's going to come back. Bonzi had a back or neck injury and missed the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, I, I doubt he's had like a Casey Stonerish type of year where he's had uh injury, something weird. Yeah. Like he broke his jaw mountain biking at the beginning of the season or something. He's just had these weird injuries. Yeah. And I hope, uh, of course this isn't going to be his year, which sucks. I think he's like second or third in points right now. So it's just, it's weird. But, um, yeah, that, that really sucks. And I, you know, Jared Meese taking home gold. Uh, he's the only guy, he's the first guy to do it two times. He did it a few years ago, like maybe the first year. And now this year, um, do you see Halbert threw away a perfectly good, bronze medal trying to get silver there at the end yeah you know i watched the rerun of that um halbert has it on gopro and he posted it uh it didn't look like he hit it looked like he just slid out on his bauman made a mistake came out kind of wide um sammy had pressure on him and sammy tried to get under him and sammy just slid off slid out yeah Yeah, and i don't know he was going for it yeah no that's my he wasn't gonna do worse than sixth yeah yeah (laughs) Right. So it's not, you know, it's not like you're at a at a pro race and you go from 3rd to 18th. Yeah. There that was like 25 laps, two right or 20, something like that. I it think was, they did 20. It's a freaking lot of laps for that little course. Yeah. Carver was leading like the first 5 or something like that and then he slid out or not slid out, but he slipped off the groove just a Whoa. tad and everyone yeah, like me people flew by him. Meese kind of tagged him. I saw the. Oh, that's uh, right. I saw the exhaust cover. It had some Meese rubber all over it. Yeah. Did you see? But he looked back. Yeah. And then he kind of looked up, and then he looked back again, and then it almost looked like he moved out of the way. And so I hung out with Carver all day Monday before I had to be at the airport, and I 
didn't ask him this because I don't know how he would take it. <laughs> but it almost looked like he led him around. And then, honestly, when he was sitting back in fifth before Sammy went down, like, they opened a gap on him. Yeah, yeah. So he wasn't quite on that pace. Yeah. So, but... Yeah, and who took – I forget who took second. Was it Bauman and then Bauman, Johnson? Bauman, Johnson, and Carver was fourth. Yeah. Rad. Um, and then Halbert got up at, and, oh God, he just – you know, he was last. <laughs> yeah, he got sixth. But Dude. I don't remember who got fifth or did someone break and Sammy get fifth. No. No, Sammy was last. Yeah, who else was out there with um, – behind cool Carver? Coolbeth was in there too. Was it Coolbeth? Yeah. He was in there. Okay. <laughs> and then... Uh, he was there, I should know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, should, you should have been hanging out with everybody. But it was pretty cool. I really like the X Games flat track, and I think they're doing a good job of bringing it. And there was a really good interview with Mies on Pit Pass Radio this last Tuesday. Uh, also, th- this last weekend was a deciding one for the Moto America Championship. Uh, Tony Elias, I've been watching this on BN Sports on YouTube. I love the fact that they play it and they have like a breakdown of it. Cool. And uh, yeah, this week was basically Heron. I've been kind of going for Heron because I love watching. He he puts on a good race and he's more of like a private tier than anybody else, you know. Yeah. And he's the guy that showed up on his R1 street bike when his race bike got stuck or broke down. And so it's cool seeing him be like the underdog. He came in and I think he won race. uh, I think he won on a Saturday or something like that. And then crashed hardcore in practice and yard sailed it. Like he broke his whole bike broke. The front end came completely off and all the fairings. The crazy part is like he walked away. Oh, and he stood, he was slid in the dirt. And then like the shot I saw later, like five seconds later, he's stand up going like, he's picking up the forks. He's just like, dude, what the hell did I do? And they only have a one, one bike, um, rule. So if he, he's going to have to fix it or, you know, replace everything. He can't just hop on a spare bike and race again Sunday. So he's got like a long, uh, road, you know, they're going to have to one bike for the season or one bike for the weekend. It's, if it's, it's not for the, for the season, it's for the weekend because he, okay. he couldn't come back and race the next day because he was done. Okay. He, I think he crashed Saturday, I want to say. Okay. And didn't – he or he – no, he finished Saturday, but I think it was like a after practice race or Saturday? practice or something like that, yeah, where he crashed, couldn't, couldn't so race So it again. could even be the day. Yeah, or I don't know. That round. Like AFT, I don't – They might. I don't know if they have a two- or three-bike limit. I don't even know if they have a limit, but I do know – Whatever brand you start the day on, you have to finish the day yeah. on. I'm pretty sure they have a one bike. Uh, I think it for cost, I think they went down to a one bike rule, but you can have like a couple motors or something like that. Mm. Uh, I'm going to have to look into that because uh, next season that will be something we could follow. Um, no, because no, Carver blew up an Indian in practice and hopped on a different one at SAC. Oh, did he? Yeah, so okay. you can at least have two. Yeah. But it yeah. has to be the same brand, which is also shitty because, like, say you're Bauman and you've been riding a Cowie, and now you have an Indian. I don't know if he does now or not, but he had it at X Games. Yeah. Do you have to get two Indians to have a backup bike? <laughs> yeah, or else you're out that. Uh, it's a strategic so. thing. Um, and it actually plays into the team budget, I guess, that way too. Well, and I guess, like, obviously you want your contingency, but just whatever you finish the night on or – if you didn't start, I mean, that could be the, 
the manufacturer too. It could be like, no, you had to do the whole day on our bike. Maybe that's why Indians giving out free Indians because they don't want somebody to be they up the creek. Selling them, and I'm sure some guys are getting hooked up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, some other exciting racing action with all, well, none of the speed of MotoGP, but all the drama was the uh, FXRs the out at race? Willow. Oh. Yeah, the hooligan race. <laughs> the FXRs out at Willow. Actually, uh, I saw someone else call them hooligan knee draggers. Yeah. I think it was it was Tony or Eric or uh-huh. something of the, or like one of the Instagrams that their buddy, who yeah. was the English guy we talked to. Oh, Hugh. I think it, it might have been Hugh's whatever that IG is that he like repost stuff, racetrack yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that might have been the one. Yeah, it looked really cool. There was uh, eight eight guys out there. I think eight Harleys, and then I saw a Supermoto, and so I don't know how many they had mixed, but uh, yeah, apparently there was a lot of drama that went down. I, I don't have the Instagram in front of me, but a couple of the other more popular like FXR uh, road racer and canyon carvers and maybe Eric or Tony got in like a little uh, yeah. scuff on Instagram and there was some name calling and some calling out and some bad blood it looked like. So I was like, wow, this is uh, this could turn out to be an actual like reality show or race series with, with yeah. this sort of drama. The silly season begins. I didn't. I saw a little bit of it, but I didn't yeah. see how it started. Yeah, I don't want to badmouth anybody or read it like they do on Main Event Moto, but it would be a pretty good read uh, maybe next time on the show. I'll but it was that. cool to see so many people out mm-hmm. at the same time you know, doing that because I feel like it's super fun and it's super similar to what we're doing with the flat track, but it's more expensive. Yeah. So, But it's also a little bit easier because you really can take your street bike. Like I had... I had to change the plug on my headlight, so I had like a basically a disconnect. But I could convert my Dyna from track to street in half an hour. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's real easy. You don't, uh, tape over the headlight. Actually, I think. Yeah, you really fun. don't even need to pull it off. Yeah. I just pulled it off. Um, I did pulled headlight, tail light, license plate bracket, and that was all I did. Yeah, really. Uh, it was really cool to see that and they are talking about it's growing and I think it was a legitimate race. They might have scored it. They might be trying to start a series. So that'll be pretty yeah. cool. Even if it's just a cup, like a three series cup, it's awesome that they're doing that and they're being creatively riders because like they're taking non-standard stuff and, and, uh, hucking it around. Hooligan, hooligan knee draggers is good. I think um, I call them. Either that or hooligan pavement pounders or something. But <laughs> yeah. I think the one I saw said hooligan knee draggers. And yeah. it's, it is. And I think for us on the flat track side, like we need to kind of embrace it. Um, you know, obviously, like with me going and then Eric and Tony, like there's definitely that connection. Um, you know, and those guys are super supportive of the flat track stuff. So it's cool to see uh, some different. Um, I'm sure it sounds rad to hear a you know eight or ten big yeah. twins going down oh, the front yeah. stretch at streets of willow yeah so it's pretty neat and it was funny to see what beat what because it's not always displacement sometimes it's weight and setup and skill so it was well, pretty, it's really like i'm pretty trying cool. to build a rubber mount sporty to do it yeah uh the next thing i have on the list is the uh red bull romaniacs we just got through with erzberg a little while ago and they're already getting ready for romaniacs and that uh, I've seen some of the qualifying and stuff online, some of the names of who's going to be trying out for it and stuff. And I'm not exactly sure when that uh, is going to get underway, but I'll try to remember for the end of the show to list it. Uh, Cause that's just one of those other things that you're like, 
dude, I can't believe people are doing this sort of stuff on motorcycles. Graham Jarvis, one of my favorite examples, the dude's like 40, I want to say he's 43 or something like that, or 42. And he's just out there like climbing vertical walls damn near. And, you know, God, he's, he's such a good writer. But uh, so I love to see that sort of stuff, um, even though we don't really talk about it that much on the show. And something we have talked about a lot, and we don't want to get too far into it because it's uh, super politically heated right now, but um, it was all the tariffs and stuff like that. And I was listening to the Two Enthusiasts podcast, the the latest one, and I didn't put two and two together when we were talking about it, but uh, they were talking about how some of those tariffs that Europe has levied on certain things, it's not just motorcycles, it's also like oranges and you know, weird, there's some weird stuff in there. And if you look at it, they pointed out that it's uh, basically targeting certain politicians who are like Paul Ryan uh, from Wisconsin, obviously Harley banning or tariffing Harley's 31% kind of affects him. But so then the oranges, I guess, was for uh, Chuck Schumer. And they were, they were doing a whole bunch of other stuff that people uh, to target those individuals. And it's going to be funny in the, in the end of this presidential uh, administration to see, you know, five or six years down the line when all the books and stuff start coming out, if we find out that Russia was behind some of the EU's tariffs or something, you know what I'm saying? Like motorcycles crack the conspiracy, the international conspiracy to bring America <laughs> down. Like it, it's just, it's going to be one of those funny things, but uh, that was an interesting, interesting take on it. So to look, not only is it, was it Harley that got hosed, uh, but also looking at the stocks and looking at the sales and the, and Harley's in the news again for slumped uh, six month sales. Maybe the Dyna Bros were right. Maybe they maybe all those guys that were like, if they quit making a Dyna, I'm moving to Canada. Maybe <laughs> the Dyna curse is coming to to fruition. I, I think that in about five or ten years, we're going to see Harley's plans worked out and that they got X amount new riders in other countries. You know. But, uh, man, those people that said, like, I hate Harley now, they killed the Dinah, never going back. Like, maybe this is the curse of the Bambino for uh, Harley-Davidson version. Um, And I also wanted to say, uh, in the stock market, not just bad motorcycle sales, but the, the automotive industry and sector in general is doing pretty good. There's been a lot of weird, like, drivetrain companies and... And other sort of manufacturing companies that are actually posting gains. And so it's just an interesting time right now, thinking about the give a shift and all that. If motorcycling really is going down, if it's perceived, because the automotive industry in general is doing pretty damn good. Um, And then I wanted to mention Speedway. I just saw the results posted from... uh, the latest round in friggin' who knows where, Glamaglooglag, uh, Europe somewhere. And guess who was in there? Wasn't it Cardiff? It may have been Cardiff. And you know what? Wait, was it GP or? Yeah, it was a Speedway GP. It okay. might have been Cardiff, yeah. And it would have been Hancock. Yeah, Greg Hancock was in there. He didn't play. He didn't get on the podium, but I think he was fourth. And I was like, damn, Wiggins is right. That, that fool was like in the top ten in the finals. He was fourth or whatever. He's still yeah. He's still like, good. Yeah, and so it was pretty funny. And hearing you talk about that a minute ago, I'm thinking in Cardiff, they probably have really good uh, dirt because it rains all the damn time over there in England. Um, that, another, another thing that happened while we were out of town was the Golden Boat Bolt. 
not boat. The Golden Boat is something entirely. That's a Chinese restaurant down the street. The Golden <laughs> Bolt was, is a uh, first year um, put on at House of Machines, and it was like a invite only builders build off, judged by Chip Foose. Um, Prosser, I forget his first name. I think it's Mark Prosser. He's like a welder, fabricator guy. Uh, the guy that built the friggin' Ducati Monster, what's his name? Um, oh, Earl? No. The guy who designed the Ducati Monster and Oh, the, the original, real Ducati Monster. Yeah, the Italian okay. guy. I thought you were saying like the Taglioni? Local. Not Taglioni. Damn it. I don't know. Sounds yeah, Italian. I forget his name. And then uh, Michael Galuzzi. Is that his name? I don't know. Yeah. Michelle Piriandro, is that his name? And then uh, I forget the the lead guy, Mike K or Bob K or something like that. But basically all these guys have nothing to do with each other. And the thing is, is they broke it down like this. The, the one guy judged like overall appearance of the bike because I think he's like a car auction guy or something. Chip Foose judged like the paint and finish. So instead of going around and like having a bunch of judges decide, they had an expert in each field. Prosser obviously looked at all the metal work and details. And the guy that designed the uh, Tagliuzzi Magadaliani I think that's his name. He looked at, since he's designed like all these motorcycles, like he, he designed like the Aprilia, one of the Aprilia Tuonos or something yeah. and the uh, original monster. He went around and looked at like the industrial design aspects of it. So they had four experts in their fields, uh, tackle each bike and they all judged it on their area of expertise instead of having a random group of chuckleheads say they liked, I like it because of this. So they really broke it down a little bit more, um, specifically and a little bit more uh able to it, basically they were able to judge it more what's did the word they I'm build them for? all at the contest or they no no these are yeah these are okay. built before and they had to do a 25 mile ride around la and i guess there was like shit ton of traffic well that would eliminate a lot of roads like 90 percent i know i know that's why i was so stoked on this competition because they actually had to run and Wait, they had to run and what it was, was the name of the show the golden bolt okay what was the one they just did in L.A. like two weeks ago? The Industrial or something like that? Oh, the Outliers Guild? <clears throat> no, after that That was that a one. while ago. Yeah, yeah, it was just like a week ago. I'm pretty sure Brawny had his in it huh. and Suicide Machine. I, I might have mentioned it and already forgot about it because you know how dumb I am. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, I don't know. Well, I'll have to look that up. So this one was like a... Uh, Invite only. The winner won twenty five thousand bucks, and it sounds like it was worth it. That's a that's a thousand dollars for every mile you had to ride before you even entered it, your bike in the show. Um, that and carb, I guess with with the uh, the Trumpster trying to undo everything. I read today on Asphalt and Rubber that uh, he might be trying to ban California's Clean Air Act waiver and or overturn it or whatever. And California, there may no longer be carb. Uh, emissions. It may just all be 50 state now instead of 49 state and then California. So hmm. motorcycles and cars may no longer need emissions, uh, you know, little carbon canisters that everyone takes off anyway. Uh, Harley Davidson, uh, you know, gotten got their asses chewed for selling shit that wasn't carb legal. A lot of exhausts that come in that you can get on some really cool bikes, like a lot of bikes actually just be uh, careful if sell you, their shit here. If you do live in California and this does go through, 
and you change stuff on your car, yeah, two years later it's gonna. There's go no away. grandfathering it in. Calif- uh, I don't know how they get away with it, but California does not. They don't care if they decided my 1946 Plymouth had to pass smog. Oh yeah, then that's just what they decide, and I'm screwed. Like yeah. I only know this because I have an 05 diesel. And in 05, there was no diesel smog, but I have to smog my 05. Yeah. So, which is super shitty that you're not going to grandfather in. Like, you could, you should be able to go, okay, from this point forward, but they don't. Yeah. Well, they do that for, it's like 35 years. No. Yeah. <laughs> like, when they originally started, I think it's 70 or 72. And now it might be going up. Yeah. It's 73 right now or 74. See what I th- okay. I think like every five years they they do the jump. They don't do it immediately. They wait five years okay. and do the jump. It could be, so. but like when my truck was built in 05, there was no smog. Yeah. So and then there were all the diesel bros building big thousand oh, horsepower yeah. diesels. My coworker was one of them. Yeah. I wonder like what do you do? Yeah. Like you're just out of luck because yeah. they don't. He, he put a lot of work into that yeah. motor, and I bet if if he has to smog it now, he's fucked. Yeah. Um, and then the last last thing I have on my news, which was supposed to be done about 20 minutes ago, was Cerberus. Cerberus Motos, folks, our friends at Cerberus, go back and listen to episode 64 because that's the last time you will hear them on our podcast. And uh, sadly, they're shutting down. And I've been uh, trolling items on their online auction. I'm actually going to be in San Diego this week. Yeah, I saw... But when did everything go up? Uh, it, on Monday it started. Because I saw when you posted it, and I got on their Facebook and looked, and I couldn't find... Sure it doesn't start next Monday? No, it's already started. There's okay. a, uh, It started Monday, and it ends the 3rd. So I guess that's next, maybe Friday or something like that. Okay. And everything. They're liquidating everything, from helmets to old tea kettles. Like, it's so weird what they had in there. And here's what happened. I think what they did was, when they were at their old shop... It was a motorcycle shop, and it looked like a motorcycle shop, and it operated like a motorcycle shop, and they had minimalist stuff that you could buy to supplement it. And I think their overhead was pretty low. And recently, I think uh, last year, they opened a showroom, and they started selling gear, and they have helmets, and uh, they, they expanded a little bit. And I think they tried to make it like a fun place to hang out, which it definitely was before, but it wasn't conducive to that. You know, there wasn't really a lounge or anywhere to hang out. Yeah. So they tried to, like, get with the times and make it a little bit more fun and cool. And so they decorated it with a ton of uh, vintage glassware, vintage stereos, vintage cameras and projectors and speakers and you name it. Uh, like the tea kettle thing I was talking about. Mm-hmm. They have a copper, uh, like, v- super, super antique tea like distillery it's like a copper still but for tea and not whiskey but call me up if you buy it i'll tell you the (laughs) family secret uh but anyway so they got a lot of this stuff including some really rad furniture and coffee tables and benches and what happened is they had they have to liquidate it all and uh i'm not sure when they have to be out of there or why but everything is going except for one welder that i saw on there everything is going for zero dollars so i mean you can get like a 200 dollar antique tea set or like a coffee press for a dollar you know what i'm saying like zero uh bit or zero reserve except for that one welder like i said and some of the tools are crazy i've bid on a few things and um, they got a lot of nice equipment. It's all going, and uh, it sucks to see them going because they were a really good, really cool place to hang out and to see a lot of people 
making progress on these crazy bikes. And uh, LA's got three DIY garages, and San Diego doesn't have any now. So yeah. it's just sucky to see uh, our south of, well, north of the border, but south of LA cousins like go out when they were providing such a good. Uh, they were like one of the longest running co-op garages in California. So it's suck- yeah. sucky to see them going out of business. I'm really sad about it because I know how much Dave uh, loves motorcycles. But, um, hey, did I just text you on accident? <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, so that's nope. that's our news. And uh, moving on, do you have any emails, buddy? Not that I know of, but it says you do. I do. I have two emails, as a matter of fact. The first one coming in to us from listener Paul. And actually, he's a, not just a listener. He's a friend of the show and a part-time uh, field producer. And he sent me this crazy... Um, I don't know what to, what to call it, but it's this dude that's built this totally... Uh, it looks like an FZ6 out of cardboard. And I posted it up on our Facebook page. Oh, I watched the, the video. Yeah. It's insane. Dude. We, the wheels and rotors the, and oh, stuff. The tires. Like, yeah. like, the tires. He did use an on and off toggle switch for the... Uh, he made, like, the combination switch housings out of cardboard, but he did use, like, an on and off computer switch for the, for the switches. But the foot pegs and the bolts and, like, the axles, everything he made out of cardboard except for those switches. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And the tires, he he made the wheels out of cardboard first, and then he's cut little, whatever the width, like the, like a cross section of a tire, he cut like it had to be over a thousand of them, and laid yeah. them around each fucking uh, like, and then taped them together. And this thing looks pretty legit. Even the key on the the cylinder for the fuel cap, mm-hmm. it it locks, and two little cardboard pieces slide out when you turn it, so the internal locking mechanism is even cardboard. And I was just like, dude, so good find, Paul. And I always thought how rad it would be to... It sucks when it rains. Oh, dude, it's probably hard as hell to ride, too. Like, get your girl on back, and... Yeah, like even the way he did like the exhaust and stuff. Yeah, it was insane. Yeah, he did it like you would do it out of a metal almost. And and all I was thinking that whole time is this dude must be a pro at making bucks for because you know you can you can form you can fabricate using that stuff on with sheet metal or fiberglass whatever. And um, it reminded me of Yamaha Papercraft. If uh, this is one reason I love Yamahas is uh, if you go to their corporate website. You can look up their, all their musical instruments or all their power sports stuff or their paper craft. And they have this uh, really cool feature like they have the VMAX and they have the FC6 and the R1 and all these different bikes that you can make out of paper. And there's like a little doll, you know, little paper dolls that you make yeah. or origami. It's just like that. You print out this whole like 30 page PDF and you cut out each piece and you make yourself a little, it's little bike just like that guy did out of cardboard, but out of paper. And I was thinking like, what if you blew that up? To, Maybe that's what he did. Yeah. I, I, I was baffled, man. It, it looked cool. Hmm. So uh, that's something I'm going to have to try. And, and um, it's probably faster than Spamla, so it's kind of sad <laughs> about that. And the second email I got comes to us from our own uh, Matt at My Motorbike Obsessions. And he uh, just wanted to call and let us know. It says, Junkie, parentheses, one day I want to know your real name. 
My real name is Junkie. Uh, a quick recap of last Saturday's race, which is probably two Saturdays ago now since we've been out of town. It was hot. Uh, 100 degrees during setup and practice, and it cooled off to 80 or so for the mains. No real hiccups. I did have to move my pits, as apparently there are reserved pit spots, and I'm not cool enough to have one yet. So uh, at Paris, I think there there may be. Either that or, uh, it's not about being cool. It's, it's about good. how much money you want to spend. Yeah. Uh, my wife, kids, brother, sister-in-law, niece, nephew, and a good riding buddy from work were all there to support me, and it was awesome having them there. Junkie Turdman was there too, buddy, in spirit. <laughs> and I know Wiggins was there with me. <laughs> uh, I entered the open beginner class only, and I was four of four for my heat, but I got a little racy trying to go for third, and I was eight of eight for my main. Uh, the track was holding the moisture, and I got a bit faster uh, than the daytime heats, and I kind of wasn't ready for the extra speed, so I was a little bit weak on the throttle. I can't wait to race again, and next time I'll add a sec- uh, I'll add in a second class for more seat time. The next race is August 11th. It should be hot as balls again. And I think, uh, let me look at the weather. Yep, that's true. Hot as balls right here on the KTLA weather app. Uh, I put, to, put together a quick movie on my YouTube channel of the race, and my wife was juggling my two-year-old using her cell phone, so it isn't magic, but it works. You know what? Uh, if it sounds like your wife was juggling a phone and a two-year-old, I'd say call up the circus buddy, quit racing, and, and get in the showbiz. But, um, but yeah, that's uh, something I did want to mention is that um, I know it was hot. We talked about a little bit of X Games being pretty warm, but yeah. also, also at uh, hot as balls uh, here in L.A. County and Riverside County and San Bernardino County. It's, it's going to be triple digits, um, like low triple digits out at Paris, high triple digits, like 120 and stuff out in the desert. So not fun. Not cool at all. Yeah. And uh, since there's no ass wigs, let's take a quick break and uh, come back. Wigs, yay! Wigs, what what have you been up to, man? What's uh, oh man, lots. Yeah, you've been gone. We we've haven't actually been in studio together for over two weeks, right? Something like that. Yeah, and uh, and then two weeks before that. Yeah, I know. I started to to miss you a little bit. Yeah, it's been crazy. Um, I'm gonna send the recorder home with you one of these days, and (laughs) you can see. How, I can how talk lonely to it for two hours yeah, and not record it. How lonely and boring it is. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> we can do that again. That's yeah. Awesome. So yeah, you've been you've been gone a little bit. We I know you've been up to, um, you know, you went out. Of course, we, we heard you after Tennessee, but then back to the Midwest after Boise, man. What? Uh, what uh, you, I was in after Boise too. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. So we recorded after Boise. Um. So let's see. I did a just a Michigan trip with the family. I went to. I did see a couple of cool things though. I went to the Roush uh, Racing Museum. Oh, that's right. Which where is that, by the way? Um, basically Detroit. Okay. So Detroit I, is like the weirdest. Which it's kind of similar to LA too, I guess, because like affluence s- next to like 
total. Well, uh, definitely some of that, but I just meant like there were so many things in different parts. Oh, and yeah. you're like, oh, the, where's this at? Like Dearborn, Michigan, yeah. which is a common city because of Ford, right? You've heard of Dearborn. There's like a test track there and stuff like that. You've heard, uh, obviously, of Pontiac, Michigan. Um, I don't remember where Roush was. It sounded common too. But there's a, so there's like all these towns in Michigan that sound real common, and you're like, oh, I've heard of that. They're all basically Detroit. Okay. So it's kind of like suburbs. Yeah, it's kind of like Pasadena and Hollywood and yeah, Long yeah. Beach. Like, and we, those are around. Which LA. yeah, which in LA we know like a few of them, but there's a bunch we don't. But I also think it's because like Detroit. You know, like Pontiac's like a good example. Like it's probably 20 minutes out of downtown. But when it got popular, it was probably two hours out of downtown. Yeah, yeah. So maybe that's why. I don't know. Same with like uh, Dearborn where the Ford stuff was. But yeah, so I The city has sprawled out to these places. For sure. For sure. Um, I went to the Roush Racing Museum, which is nothing more than a storage garage. But it's pretty badass. Dude, it was. I checked your Insta feed like. Oh man! Oh, every yeah. hour just to see some of that stuff. Dude, you didn't I, get killed by a Mustang. I'm very I grateful. Know. Yeah, <laughs> that was scary. <laughs> no, there was. What I liked about Roush, there was a bunch of Fox Body stuff, which is my favorite, and then like the old Cobra or the old uh, Cougar, sorry, and then the old like Fox Body race cars that don't look like Fox Bodies at all. Yeah, yeah. Just like those. Um, the road race cars from back in the day because I didn't know I guess I did but I kind of forgot that Roush like to me Roush got famous with road racing and that's not true or sorry with uh, NASCAR but that's not true it was road racing before that yeah so it was cool to see like these cars that are like cars I've seen in like photos and magazines and video games and then you're like oh shit yeah (laughs) like wow so that was really cool and then I went over to the Henry Ford Museum, um, and one thing cool that both museums had was they had a stock car that had won a race, and it had the champagne and Gatorade and confetti like all over the car. And they're right. like, please don't touch it. We want to leave this on there. Yeah. So that was cool. I, um, I totally forgot my phone in the car when I went to the Henry Ford Museum. And that was a bummer. Um, they had one of the original GT40s. The red one with the number one on it, I thought it said MK1, and it looked different than the later GT40s, but I don't remember if the MK1 won Le Mans or just the MK3 or 4, the later one. Yeah, I'm not unsure. Um, But that was cool. So they had one of the original GT40s, and it is like, again, it's like a car you've seen in photos. It's like the red with like this weird cream color stripe um, with the number one on it. Yeah. The famous one was actually later the golf paint job yeah that was after they had won Le Mans so um and then they had one of the 2017s that won its class at Le Mans too so one of the third gen GTs yeah the GT44 as I like to call them they were called GT40s because they were 40 inch they were 40 inches tall tall and the new ones are 44 inches tall well they can't call them GT40s anyway because someone else owns the name. Oh, right. That's Ooh. why they're four GTs. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, licensing and stuff gets very complicated. When well, it was one, yeah, for sure. Like, I think it's a kit car company, 
and they were producing these things and they bought the rights to the name and Ford was like, yeah, we don't care. We're never going to make one of those again. Yeah. 20 years later, yeah. they're like, we want to make one of those. Yeah. Oh shit. We can't call it yeah. a 40. And yeah, like it's, it's definitely, they're not 40 inches tall anymore. Um, and then it was cool. It had the Gertie or Gurney hump in it. Yeah. So that was kind of neat. Yeah. I know. Bring in some history to the show. This is awesome. Yeah. For those of you who don't know Dan Gurney with the Gurney Gator motorcycle, um, he also did develop some IndyCar stuff. Yeah, the Westlake Eagle was a Dan Gurney. And he was one of those old school drivers that won like That was the six wheeler, Everything. Right? Not the Eagle. Okay. Uh, he may have also developed a six wheel thing. Yeah. But he was just like a engineering racing genius. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, but also a really talented driver. Yeah. But he's tall. Yeah. He's actually um the reason when you win a race you spray champagne. I did not know that either. Yeah, when he won, I believe it was in Le Mans, they handed him champagne and he shook it up and sprayed it over everyone. Yeah. And he's it, like, What is it this? stuck? Yeah. What is I, this I don't shit? know what the deal was, but so it stuck. And people do it, and that's why they do it from Dan Gurney. I'm going to make up some history right now and say that <laughs> that's why Miller High Life is the champagne of beers. Because so they want gr- you to spray that? He grabbed it, and he took a swig. He's like, this isn't Miller, and he started spraying <laughs> it all over. And they're like, Could hey, be. listen, Miller is so, champagne. Yeah, but interesting stuff there. He also, like I said, the Gurney Gator, very interesting motorcycle. Very oh, yeah. quick through a tight road course also for having a – I think a 350 single or 600 single was the main one. They built some Harley Sportster ones and stuff too, but um, look that up. That's an interesting two-wheel project. But anyway, yeah, he was tall, so they had to put a hump over the driver's seat for him to fit in. Yeah. So his, those, helmet, his helmet wouldn't, yeah, wouldn't hear the... Uh, <laughs> yeah. So those two cars were there, and one of the biggest reasons I was bummed was um, my number nine came from Bill Elliott, and they had one of the Bill Elliott Coors mm. T-Birds. Rad. And uh, so I didn't get a photo of that. But um, the good and bad, I mean, if you're going to Detroit for a car museum, the Roush one's badass, especially if you're into the old 80s, early 90s road race cars, uh, Fox Body Mustangs, like Cobra R, 351, um, the first Cobra, the 93 Cobra, um, and then some newer Mustangs. He had some cool stuff. Like there was this weird Ford Indigo. It was like a V12, had like this weird wing on the front um, that they helped develop. So there's a lot of like that cool stuff too. Um, but that was totally free and it's cool. Like there's no weird people like staring at you. There's no like yeah. ropes around everything. Like there are ropes, but not around everything. Like you can get right up next to the car and yeah, they're like, please don't touch. But all the, like the cars aren't, I mean, he had a section of like old cars that were all shiny but honestly, the cool cars at the Roush Museum are not nice show cars. They have came off the racetrack at the end of the season, came out of the trailer. I, if I had to guess, the motors are probably pulled in most of them, and they got slid into the corner of the shop. Yeah. I mean, they're, you know, they've all got used, beat up slicks. Some of them didn't even have wheels and tires because you could tell they, like, pulled those off. Like, yeah, we need these for our other car. Yeah, yeah. I mean... But as a racer, like to me, that's the coolest thing ever because there's there's one of that car, you know, or maybe two or three that were real similar. But usually that's it. Like it was whatever, especially in the 80s and 90s. You know, yeah. now they all go everywhere with three or four cars and they oh, yeah. didn't. So 
it's super cool to see that. And then the Henry Ford Museum, it really only a small section is cars. They have some trains in there. They have some right now they have some presidential cars. Um, they do have some other like kind of weird car stuff, but they do have a decent section of cars. I mean, they had like a rad Duesenberg. They had, um, did Ford do the Duesenberg? They didn't do the Duesenberg. No, Duesenberg was, um, yeah, it was his own company. Yeah. So it's, it's not a Ford automotive huh. museum. It's, it's like a history. Henry Ford museum. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So he has a section of cars, trains, there's a airplane section. They have the spirit of St. Louis, um, it's a it's a history museum it's not a car museum and then it was also they had some like random cars like they had uh some like random ass 80s nissan they had the first gen not the first gen but like when dodge changed like basically changed the whole face of pickups in the mid 90s and they did the like drop headlight stuff oh yeah where everyone got away from the total square bodies yeah they had like that 1500 sitting there in like four screen like nothing special yeah it's not the rt10 or svt10 or whatever the v10 yeah yeah nope wasn't that one (laughs) just a regular old 1500 but i believe so it was they called it the quad cab but it was i think the reason that one was there was it had the third door or the the suicide doors on it the little short doors the half doors and I think because I read a little bit of the little placard and it was like the first truck to do quad huh. cab. Right. Which now is pretty standard. But I've seen four door – like I've seen an old square like yeah. 70s Ford with four doors. I was going to say my, my uncle used to have an old Dodge from like 1968 or something that had four doors. So on. maybe it was just someone that made it popular. Maybe a quad cab but not a four door. Cab. I don't know. Like uh, maybe a quad um, cab has a different different. That'd be funny if you're like, what is this in here? Yeah, for? dude. They had like a the dude, maintenance dude gets. I want to say they home. had like a '91 Honda Accord. Huh. They had a Dodge Omni. I, well, I mean, we just know why like, they had the Omni. It was the uh, the first like European crossover with the American crossover, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, or I was mean, that just, Opal? Yeah, it was an Opal, basically. Right. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, the Omni wasn't necessarily a Dodge. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was something rebranded. But yeah. so the car section was kind of random. Um, like a few cool race cars, and of course, like the GTs. I mean, those were Fords. But then the airplanes. They had um, one of the coolest things they had. It was cool because I uh, it was my daughter and I, so I got to take her on it. Not the shore member, but they had the bus from. Um, now I'm totally out of blank on her name. No, Rosa Parks. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, they bought it. So it was interesting how they got it. Like, so some farmer had bought it. He knew what it was when he bought it and didn't care or just didn't some have the money. Old racist or, farmer. Or was racist and was like, fuck Let's this. Let's get this thing you know? off the road. Yeah. So he like, well, I mean, and they used it around wherever in Alabama. They used it for like another 30 years after this happened. Yeah, so, it was a regular service. I mean, yeah, I mean, the city bus. doesn't give a shit. They don't have money to put it in a museum and buy a new bus. So luckily the number was recorded. And um, so the Ford Museum had found a guy in the area that had kept all the newspaper clippings from, from um, anything that happened to that bus. <laughs> so it was kind of neat. So they ended up. The, the farmer's son knew what they had and he like put it on eBay when he got it. So this would have been 2000, early 2000s or something, maybe in the late 90s. When I did eBay actually start? With this patch on. I know. <laughs> and uh, 
so yeah, so he put it on there. The Ford Museum ended up paying four hundred grand. Holy cow! For a rusted out farm bus, and they said at first, like the guy's like, "Yeah, this is the bus," and they were like, "Hey, do you have any paperwork proof?" And he's like, "Nope." Uh, yeah. But we know it's the bus. So there was a spot above the driver's seat that still had the bus number. So that's how they knew. Huh. So they they paid an astronomical amount of money for a bus that was all rotted out. Right. And you know, I kind of see both sides. Like for the farmer's son, it's like, dude, you have a piece of history. Yeah. Like put it to good use. Yeah. At the same time, like he saw dollar signs and I don't know. I I, I mean, I, I if, would rather I would rather a museum have it than it rust away. Oh, in my for sure, for too. sure. And so when they said they had to pay four hundred for it, I'm like, well, was someone bidding against you that yeah. wanted it, or is that what this person that's put it up significantly, for? Significantly, yeah. And a part of me was like, well, that's kind of a dick move. Like, this should be in a museum. And then part of me is like, you're right. Why should you stay poor? Like, yeah. you have something that's worth this money. Like, yeah, yeah, fucking get your money out of it. That's why a lot of people raid tombs still yeah. in like third world countries because yeah, they know absolutely. that ar- archaeologically that's a well and uh, and historically for the uh, for the bus it's well, almost a lot like, of them it's they melt down the gold anyway yeah because they don't want to get busted for what it was <laughs> right which and, is a shame because it is you know i mean so anyway the ford museum bought it for like 400 and then they spent about 300 restoring it holy cow so i mean it was brand new but not and they were like I wasn't in the seat and I didn't move to the seat because he like tells the one lady, he's like, so that's the seat she was sitting in, but it's not the seat because the farmer took all the seats out of it. It's not the actual. Yes. Right. So they were able to find parts because the buses like this bus, this model bus wasn't just used in Alabama. It was used all over the place for 40 years or whatever. Yeah. Um, So they were able to find seat all the seats and everything and then have the leather all upholstered and do all that. Cool. So it wasn't the physical seat and the physical cowhide, but it was the, it was in the spot. same spot. Yeah. So I wasn't like, Oh, I'm going to get up and move over here. I was like, whatever you're on the bus. Yeah. And she was 11 months old. She didn't yeah. know what was going on. Wow. So, but that was still like cool. And it's something I can tell her about later. Yeah. And they also have, and I couldn't find it, and my feet started to hurt, and I started to get tired, and she was tired, and I had you to sound go. like an old man. I had to go you're pick pretty, up my wife somewhere. You're 100 well, you years think, younger like, than me, and you said. I, got, <laughs> I left where we were in Michigan at like 7 or 7.30, and I drove over to the Roush Museum. It was almost an hour away. Mm. Was there for a couple hours, and then drove over to the Ford Museum, which is only 20 minutes or so from the Roush Museum. And then I was there until 3 o'clock, but I was like standing and walking the whole time. So we uh they also have the chair from the Ford Theater that Lincoln was in. Holy shit. Speaking of Ford in history, yeah, there's Yeah. Wow. Other Ford, but yeah, or different Ford. But and I don't I didn't find that. I like I said I was running out of time. They did have some cool stuff that you know, so if you're ever in that area, I highly recommend both of them. Yeah. You know, if if it's just you or if your wife's super cool, go to the Roush My Museum. My wife's pretty cool, yeah. Um, I still wouldn't. It would be a hard one with kids wanting to run around, though. Yeah. Oh, and touch. Yeah. Yeah. Because they'd want to touch touch everything. everything, And it's just not super cool, that place to do that. But the Ford Museum definitely being more history. Totally blew your mind just like that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) The Ford Museum was definitely like way more history. So that was really cool. Um, But it was. 
the Ford Museum was like 29 bucks with parking. Dang. That's almost as much as the movies. Yeah. And that, well, that was for one person, too. Holy cow. So, yeah, if you're taking a family, I think it's expensive. Yeah. I mean, they didn't charge my daughter, but yours, they would. Smithsonian, uh, if you think about how long they've been collecting stuff um, and how much of an expansive... I mean, Ford, the Ford family has probably got the money to start a nice historical American yeah. history. An, well, an American and history. So there's also this thing called Greenage or Greenwich Village mm-hmm. at the museum, and it's basically... Uh, Ford bought all these houses. So his old house is there. The Wright Brothers Garage is there. Hmm. Um, Edison's Workshop is there. And then a bunch of other old houses are there. And it's like basically walking back in time. And they have these curators at every house that will tell you about them. And you can get on a, a real physical train and ride around it. But it's a separate thing. It's another – that one I think was a couple bucks more. Is that more. outdoors, like an outdoor neighborhood that you yeah. wow, Crazy. Yeah, but it's like from 1910. Yeah. That was nuts. So it like, yeah, totally. Like, I didn't go in that one though because, like I said, we were out of time, um, and it was another twenty some dollars. Yeah. It was totally separate. But it, I mean, if you're in or around Detroit, there's other car museums also. I just when yeah. I saw the Roush one, I was like, oh shit, those Mustangs! I want to go to that one. And then um, the Ford Museum came highly recommended, and no, it's it's if I die, I die. I don't want to be around Mustangs, <laughs> but uh, and they had um, the Ford Museum had a cool little kids section that was not it was more like eight ten to fifteen year old kids like oh kind of so like sciencey kids section back in nineteen ten you mean what would have been Ford's workforce because there was no <laughs> I don't yeah. know when child labor laws started but I yeah. think they started before that <laughs> um, so yeah just like they had a. Uh, a probability thing where you, they would drop balls and you could actually see them like land in the middle of a parabola and then when it'd fill all the way up it'd drain and do it again but Rad. um if you know what a parabola is uh or a bell curve is yeah. probably more accurate parabolic arch yeah yeah i was just gonna say go check the googles yeah. um so yeah it's, and it's good also detroit famous for motown music scene uh, the reason they call Probably it Motown a museum is museum for that. Yeah, it's Motortown. Motortown, yeah. yeah. So the Mot- whole Motown scene, huge in the '60s, back when the car and music industry, basically yeah. that was. Now everything's moving to Nashville. Hell, we got like well, Nissan and Nashville's had music for a long time. Oh yeah, but now they're getting cars and tech and everything. Mm-hmm. So Detroit was the. Uh, I, I think. Detroit's problem for a lot of them is so much industry's moved away. Like yeah. I think it'll happen again. It'll get rebuilt again. Probably never to its former glory, like the fifties oh, yeah. and sixties no. and seventies. Like, but I think it will because a lot of little downtowns, like Nashville's an example, Austin's an example, Portland's an example, of like people basically moving to these places and kind of waking them back up. Yeah, you know, and finding that old charm. And I, I think Detroit definitely had a lot of that. It was not. At least where I saw. I mean, obviously it still is, but I did not see any like super poverty, poverty stricken places where I was just like, damn, those houses are falling apart. Yeah. But I also didn't like tour the ghettos. Yeah, <laughs> I know. You see, you see the documentaries and stuff where like only one house has windows and the rest are totally boarded up, like on a whole yeah. block. So that is. Did you drink the water up there in no. Flint? Yeah, good. No, good on or you. Detroit. Yeah, I did when we were in um, whatever town we were in, Jackson. Yeah, and you didn't but get mugged. I so. didn't get good. mugged. And did you see a Detroit Cobras show? 
No. Huh. There's still some living to do for you in Detroit, my friend. <laughs> uh, Detroit was pretty good. Yeah. So uh, I, I, I was actually all over Michigan. We went over to the to the Lake Michigan also and chilled at the beach. Yeah. And then at some point you headed over even further east, west, north, south. I don't even know where Minnesota is. Separate trip. Isn't it's that, pretty well direct same? east. Oh, geez. Yeah, it's or sorry, west. It's uh, northwest of Milwaukee, like five hours. Well, on the map of Creative Writings America, there'll be a <laughs> loop. There'll just be a kind of a circular loop connecting because I don't know where it is. So, um, yeah, so that was a week later, right? So a week later. Yeah. So I got back Saturday, chilled Sunday, went to work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, hopped on an airplane Friday morning. Um, finally got my gas tank done. That was a nightmare rush job, even though I dropped it off fucking two months ago. Yeah. A month and a half. They're all, yeah. we'll have it for you Thursday night before you wear the flip. We'll mail it to you at X Games. I thought I was going to have to check it. I thought I was going to have to check luggage it. No kidding. Yeah, it was good. That, bad. that, that, down to the wire. So yeah, walk us through X Games. Uh, sounds like the trip was pretty awesome. Just yeah, getting so, there, huh? You know, just got the bike pretty well done um had a couple last minute parts to put on that i didn't have to have but uh lindell got me a quick change i saw that that looks so tits pretty fucking dope um i was a little skeptical and wanted to run it a little bit but he's had uh eric and tony both on them on their road race bikes so i knew it would be fine yeah um i was just pop off on asphalt yeah, you I mean, ripping the dirt. What probably. I didn't know is like on a rotor, you want it to float a little bit. Oh yeah, and I've never, I've never, I've ran the lug drive rotor for a while, never had a problem. But on a sprocket, I'm like, well, if it spl- if it floats, is it weird? And if it's tight, is that weird? Like, I don't know how the lugs are going to handle it. Works. Is it a floating sprocket? No, I, it's not. Okay, because I was going to say, I just thought it was a, a yeah, giant circlip basically holding it, is, it on. It's, it's a giant circlip with Lindell's lug drive, um, and it's the same size as the. 11 and a half inch rotor one but instead like the rotor basically is a few thousand smaller so it floats like a floating rotor yeah, yeah. and this one's just not it's just on size whatever so but it's not super stiff where the the circlip can't go in yeah so Does it's basically like a, a really large too? it's not really a circlip yeah it's a it's huh. a large keychain key yeah, yeah 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 there you go so yeah it's basically like a spring large spring they would yeah. call that a spring i guess sure so um, I got 48 through 51 gears. He's supposed to give me some other gears, so I have a wide ratio. It was cool. I actually flipped the rear axle and the rear wheel. This is my dad's idea. And I put the axle in from the left because I don't know if putting it in from the right was actually correct. My spacer on that side is a pain in the ass because my spacer on the left side is like the last spacer is a little washer, so it's easy to slide in. But on the right one, I have to get it around the fucking bolts. So it's a pain in the ass. And the the um, sprocket is a little – is out further than the bearing. So whatever, pain in the ass. The left side's easier. But yeah. if I can get the spacer out and not be a huge pain in the ass, then I can change gearing without taking the wheel off the bike. I can yeah. literally take the axle nut off, slide the axle back a couple inches – take one spacer out and then i can take the ring off and the 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 chain ring itself so i can take the locking ring and the chain ring itself off without taking the wheel off yeah what year is your sports sir 94? 94 what side do you usually put it in on i always went in from the right but i don't I know think if that's it, correct I, I think it does go in from the right 
I see you guys check. have them in from the other side. Like yeah. Fast J always had his in from the left with his old bike because the exhaust was in the way. So you'd have to pull the exhaust to get the axle out. So they just put the axle in from the left. Hmm. So no one really knows how they were supposed to go. Yeah. I don't yeah, know if come to think of it, cared. It's a straight axle. Yeah, come to think of it, I'm not sure on the Sportsters because their sprockets are on the other side. So maybe the Sportsters, it was from the left. I, I don't know. Yeah. So that's how I did it now. Um, so super bitching part. You know, Lindell got me set up. Stoked about that. Yeah. Actually, I, yeah, that looked, just watching you do that quick video that you shot so professionally. I don't know how you held the camera and did I had that. my I had my dad hold the camera. I was gonna say hold my phone. I don't know how you held it and didn't use your hands. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it looked I was looking at it going how simplistic yet so like awesome and sort of revolutionary. You know what I'm saying? Like it solves I, we've been waiting forever to get that. This is like an idea that him and I and some other guys came up with a while ago. We're like, dude so he's like, I'm going to do a lug drive sprocket. And I'm like, that actually makes total sense. And then I'm like, fuck, put the lugs on the outside so I can quick change that shit. Yeah. Um, this was over two years ago and I, I didn't know why it took so long, but I do. So he had to get it patented before he mm. really like oh, yeah. threw it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So even though the lug drive itself is patented, his like that one, um, but to flip it and put it on the outside you know patents are everything's oh, yeah. a new patent yeah you gotta so. yeah you can't you can't add a different spring without putting a yeah. new patent on it so anyway um that must be all good so uh he's got a company making his sprockets for him so he's not even trying to hassle with all that which yeah. is awesome they're a big sprocket making company and that's what they do a lot of so um we we should see if some of the wir top 10 people want to start using these things that are working so good for the road racers and the flat trackers i'm not sure about lug drive sprockets but those brakes that he got look pretty would look pretty titty on uh, chris singsheim's ride yeah and honestly the sprocket i know singsheim's probably pushing at least 10 horsepower yeah (laughs) at least maybe 12 maybe 12 (laughs) um so the sprocket i have will only go down to a 48 tooth okay but I think he's going to do the same for the pro setup, and they run a ten and a half inch brake rotor, so it'd be smaller. Which I don't like having all these different fucking sizes. I'm like, yeah, just yeah. pick it. But um, <laughs> the thing is, there's so many lugs on such a large diameter for the one I run that your your bolts in the center are going to take more stress, and those are going to be the same. Yeah. But I don't know if Singsheim. Yeah, yeah, but he does change gearing because uh, the thing with yeah. drag racing with that kind of power. What he's trying to control is wheel speed, wheel spin at the yeah. end of the straightaway. Like I, I'm pretty sure he'll be spinning at the end of the straightaway. He's he's broke out before. Uh, I mean, he's like started spinning up half track during. Yeah, yeah. So you want to control that. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, like, yeah, they're all quarter mile or eighth mile drag strips, yeah. and I'm sure they're within a few feet. But you know. It's not like they have an exact eighth mile tape measure. And yeah. You pull it out and go, well, it's toy. There's yeah. the lights. So Can they're going to change a little. But the thing with drag racing is an 80 degree day or a 100 degree day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to change so much with that tire compound and all that. So he might change a little. Yeah. That'd be fun to make a joke one where you get on the throttle and the thing spins, but the tire doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> like a ratchet system, yeah. one way ratchet. 
Um, yeah, that looks awesome. See, so uh, how was your trip there? You said it was down to the wire, but the was getting there pretty I was just, good. Yeah, and how'd then you, I how'd your bike get I there? flew out. So Brownie from Speed Merchant, and then another friend of ours uh, took him in a Motul van. Motul, so we're having some Motul van problems. So Motul let us borrow their bigger Motul van. So we stuffed five bikes in it, and then um, they drove straight through, and they showed up. Saturday morning. Five bikes, two dudes, and one hooker? Probably. In a motel yeah. van. Yep. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that was on them. I flew out Friday morning, and then my old man picked me up from the airport on his 2018 Goldwing. Rad. I can't wait to hear about that thing. So, uh, let's see. We'll get back to that in a minute then. So, then Saturday we did load in. We did the two hour riders meeting that was ridiculous. <laughs> Was it for TV reasons or liability reasons? A little bit of both. It still could have been better than it was. Yeah, there was like, let's walk over here. Let's walk over here. Now let's go back to the pit. Oh, now that you're back to the pit, writers' meeting's not over. Now we're gonna walk back over here and then back. And we're just like, dude, hour over hour and a half from start to finish. Hmm. And I'm like, I quit listening way before all that. And it wasn't like that complicated a shit. And it could have been done. So much better. An but hour and a half. You know, the average ad is 15 seconds now on Facebook. If they could have made a 15-second writer meeting, you yeah. guys all would have yeah, paid, paid attention, attention and been over. Yeah. Um, Shit, an hour and a half. That's a long time. But, yeah, so I got the new gear on. I got the tank on. When I did the front mounts on the tank, I uh, they were a little – they weren't wide enough because I, I kind of mocked them up. And I'm like, oh, that's great. So I – tacked them and i checked them and i'm like oh that's great so i welded them well the coil mount goes inside of the tank yeah yep totally fucked that up so i tried getting it in there i tried to change the way the little rubber spacers were wasn't having it so i took the coil mount bent it out then bent the mounting part in so it's kind of wider a little shorter but wider (laughs) and uh basically put the coil mount on the outside yeah. So it worked totally fine. The coil touched up between the tank and the frame, right? Is yeah, that yeah, yeah. It's a pain in the ass. Well, and it's just like, could have put a fucking piece of welded thread or another, like all it is is a hole with a through bung. Yeah. Like could have put another through bung two inches from that one so I didn't have to take it off and dick with it every time I mess with the tank. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Lessons learned. Well, that's fucking Harley's lesson, not mine. I don't know if they ever learned it. So, yeah, I did scratch the paint on the mount, but I don't really care no. about I, that spot. I have to say before you continue that your your helmet had me pretty giddy, and that tank looked pretty, pretty yeah. Too. So, I uh, Jay and I both got new helmets for X Games, and she's like, "Hey, you only need to wear them once. We just want to get them like out a little bit." So I was like, "Cool." We show up, and my tank was supposed to be brighter, like the the bolts were supposed to be more neon. But Jay got like an evil Knievel one and I'm like, Hey, I'm like, yeah, they like, so she sent me one with like these evil Knievel stripes. It was super cool. I mean, they were both badass. but Jay has like a pumpkin helmet and then his, the new one. And then I have like eight helmets <laughs> and the new one. So I hit her up and I was like, Hey, this is my paint job. This is Jay's paint job. Is it cool if we switch from what you sent us? So she's like, yeah, no big deal. Well, Come to find out, like, she sent me, she sent us both a small. Well, I put on Jay's small, and I was like, oh, shit, this is tight. Like, it hurt. 
And she told me, she's like, yeah, you said you wear a medium in this and a small in this. She goes, so the small I sent you fits like the small you wear. Uh, fits I, like a medium. Though, yeah, yeah. Well, just different models fit different because yeah. they're different shapes. So she knew based on what size because I couldn't try on that exact model. So she knew based off of what two sizes I wore on the other models that she would send me a small in this model. Well, Jay wears a small in the one that I wear a medium. So she has sent him a small in another model, but it's a smaller small, yeah. if that makes sense. Because, yeah. again, they all fit different. So And it's all head shape and yeah, all that shit. Yeah, I was going to say you know? the round versus oval versus yeah, might so, fit differently. Yeah. And even though it's all icon, like they have different ones that fit a little different. So whatever, we switched. It hurt to take off. It was tiny. Damn. So I sent it was with Is that why da- half of your sideburns and one of your eyebrows is <laughs> right? missing? I sent it back with my dad. Um, my sister needs a helmet. So I was like, here, it's tiny. This is the tiger stripe one. Yeah, dude, it oh, was bitching. It, it was like this so good. neon fucking um, green and orange. Like weird. It was like a it was like an orange front with uh, like a leopard pattern and then it was like this weird bright bluish green on yeah, the back. Yeah, I was going to say it wasn't quite <sighs> green. It was like an aqua. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah. like a surf a surf It was pretty foam or sweet. Oh, yeah, like dude, a seafoam so color. Rad. It was actually super bitching. Um but yeah, she called me out because she was. I was like, someone said something about adding it to her collection. I'm like, yeah, that one hurt. I think it's gonna get added to my sister's collection, which she doesn't have a collection. She just needed a helmet. And she was like, that's why I sent you that one in Jay. Or you know, <laughs> and I was like, uh, I was like, but it looks so good, and I wanted to wear it. Yeah, dude, and I did. Good. Like I wanted. To, I was like, that's fucking rad. Like I wanted to wear it. So whatever. Jay's got one that'll be a little more permanent for him. So that's good too. But so that was cool, and it was. It, it was such an honor too because like we don't really do this much like some you know they're writers that they've had around for longer and and are more seen do and this but is like, icon we're talking about yeah icon yeah. so they were like hey you're going x games we want you to try these new helmets if you're down and like i was like yeah and i was well, like no. my tank's supposed <laughs> to match this warbird well it really didn't the the color of the the bolts did not really match the warbird anyway but um but I was like, dude, oh, yeah, I'll wear a helmet once. Like, yeah. it was just so cool to like get a phone call and be like, hey, we got some new designs. Yeah. We want you to unveil it. And, like, and when I saw it, yeah. I thought I thought you had said it was supposed to match. And then when I saw the tiger thing, I was like, what the hell? Like, this is just wild, man. It's yeah. just wild. But honestly, like with my gas tank and and the gold wheels, like wild. Oh, is dude, good, yeah, man. I know. Those so, gold wheels showed up so good on the big screen. Too. Yeah, like, yeah. And then, honestly, like, the AMF paint job, I'm kind of glad I didn't go back and do that again because it's been ripped off now by three other people. Mm. And One individual and then a team with two people and two bikes. Yeah. Which I'm like, okay, yeah, it's a ripoff of an old Harley paint job. You know what? Harley's had a thousand fucking paint jobs. Go pick out your own. But they didn't. They ripped off mine. Yeah. So, like, I like the purple purple rain one you know like that one's super unique i think that's yeah cool. and he it's funny because now he knows that he's like got to keep up the the kind of purple prints yeah he's got to wear so. assless pants one of these days well at least for a while you know because mine was kind of like red white and blue and like fitting that old retro paint job and then when i was doing the tank and just kind of threw all that out the window and i kind of started over so yeah. i don't know i mean the bike is definitely still recognizable it's a different bike. I mean, it's a different tank, and the wheels being gold, like, people are like, oh, you got new this and new that. Like, so people that are out of it might not recognize it's the same bike. People that are in it just saw the chance, the, the transformation. So, yeah. 
but it's funny because people are like, oh, you got new wheels. And I'm like, I got a new front because I crashed. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, just, I just bead blasted them and anodized them, though. Um, did you guys qualify that day? Was that the same day as the so we did have a We did have a time call. No, so we came back Sunday. We had to be dressed and ready at 7.30. So we get there super early. The bikes were done. We were ready. Excuse me. Um, so we were dressed, ready at 7.30. And then we go out and we do a practice session. And then, so we had to like anything you needed, you had to take with you. So I had my old man carry tire gauge, a tire pump, gears, and the stuff to change gears. Luckily, with the new Linda Quick Change, I eliminated a ratchet and a socket. Yeah. So that was cool. Um, and a lot of elbow grease that you could leave in the toolbox. Yeah. And then, but we did forget the rear stand. But we really didn't have time. Your dad anyway. just held it up for you? No, we didn't change gearing. <laughs> we really didn't have time. And then I wanted to change gearing, and Bronnie and my dad wanted me to go the opposite way that I wanted to go. So we just left it. Did I'm you like, want to okay, go up? Well, I wanted to go taller. Yeah. I thought I was hitting the limiter, and they're like, we didn't hear it. I'm like, well, I know I was hitting it. But I don't know. They were like, we wanted you to go to... Yeah, I was going to say. I, I wanted to go to a smaller gear. I had a 50. I wanted to go 49. They wanted me to go 51. Yeah. I was like, you know what? Let's just compromise. We'll, leave it in the, we'll just leave it in the middle. Um, so, yeah, we practiced. We pulled right around and did qualifying. Had no time for really anything. I went up. I checked my fuel. It was still right up at the top. So, excuse me. So, we got lined up for the heats. Uh, six heats. Yeah. Yeah, six heats of eight guys each. Yep. 48 top, riders. Top four went to the... Top two. S- top four went to the semis. The top two from the semis went to the finals. Uh-uh. Top two from the heats went really? to the semis, and top three out of the semis went to the final. Shoot, I wrote that down. I circled the wrong ones. <laughs> yeah, so there were six heats and two people from each heat... That would have only have left you. That would have been twelve people, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's. But so. I thought there was three semis. Uh, uh-uh, there were two. Okay, that's why my math didn't work out the first yeah. time. I I was like, there was six heats, three semis, one final. No, because that would have been four guys, then six, two, guys. two, and one. I, I thought it was two. I was like, damn. What? Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. So we had six heats of eight people each. And it's funny, people are complaining that we didn't use the start gates. And one of the main guys complaining jumped the start and got put on the back row. And he didn't – his thing is he didn't jump, but he moved. Yeah, who was that that got put in the back? I don't want to say – people are getting butt hurt. I'm not going to say anything. Oh, okay. And honestly, what he did, he moved moved and two other people like took off. Oh, Josh Slay got put in the back. (laughs) He moved and two other people jumped. So – Honestly, did they see him move? I don't know. Yeah, I forget who it was. Still, it doesn't matter. He moved. Josh did a little bit after he jumped. Who was it? I'm gonna remember. I don't remember who else got put to the back. But anyway, him and Josh. Mathematic. No, there were three guys. Two guys jumped. Yeah, he moved, and then two guys took off. I went back and watched them all. Okay, Monday or or Tuesday, I think. Um, but we had eight guys in the heat. We couldn't have done a gate start. There were only six gates. Yeah. Um, and you guys don't share. I 
not on a gate. They're fucking narrower than our handlebars. <laughs> I'm bummed we started on the half track. I liked last year when we started back right in front of the yeah, gates. Yeah, that, that was, was, pretty, that was, that was cool. You got a good run into the first corner. Yeah, and they're all worried about shit. Honestly, we're getting so much better, I wouldn't do all that. But um, <clears throat> So, yeah, we narrowed it down to 12. Mine went off without a hitch, but I was sitting in sixth. I tried getting around JJ, but the outside was not happening. Yeah. And then um, – Well, let's talk about your, your heat. You came in second in your oh, heat. Yeah, I guess that's the important one. That's one where yeah. I got second. Yeah, I was so stoked. So I had these circled wrong, but I still have you second because I was like – you either came in 18th or 24th, but now you may have come in a little higher. I came higher. in tied for 12th. Yeah, okay. Between, that makes sense. If and I don't out. even know who else I would have tied with because, like, Tyler went down and Mark hit him, and then Mark stopped. And yeah, then they never I threw saw a that. Red. I yeah. saw that, yeah. That was real, I thought that was a class act of Mark to, like, turn yeah. around and stop to make sure. And he and some other guys are mad they didn't throw a Red, but honestly um, – I got fucked over at Moto Beach last year because they should have thrown a red. So I'm not I, – I do 100% agree they should have thrown a red. Tyler was down. Mark hit him pretty hard. And they pulled out a red and then put it away, which is also bullshit. But don't – if when I get fucked because someone doesn't throw a red, don't come around a few months later and bitch about someone not throwing a red. Yeah. Like don't look at who got fucked look at the fact that they didn't throw a red i was i think like, it's because that's of what, hooligans too they're like well let's keep going it's tv they yeah. got it they the less accidents the better and that one had already had one i was gonna say and I you did just see a red tv doesn't like that stuff yeah. you know you got to keep it moving it was live which didn't have to be but it was live um but yeah my only thing is with that like i got called a lot of names for calling out the person for not calling like a red chris and wiggins no oh And, um, (laughs) but you know, like if, if, because that was right, like the red should have been called just because it's your team and your boss that didn't throw the red stand up and be like, dude, there should have been a red, you know, that was bad. Now that the tables are turned people. And honestly, it's not Tyler saying this, so don't, don't take that judge. But, um, and Mark's not really mad. They didn't throw red. He's mad. They got the red out. And then didn't throw it. Like the dude was holding it and fucking lost. He was D- probably a different for story altogether. Yeah, but I've seen people like, oh, they should have thrown the red. And no one's really like. <sighs> it seemed like they weren't going to throw the red just because you were stopped. They were waiting to see if they were still on they the line. They were still on the ground. Yeah. So they were I don't off know. the main line, though. Whether they, they should have thrown it or not, yeah. I don't know. But my point you're, is... You're right. There was a single groove, and they were off of it, so I think they yeah. just let it ro- roll. You, I mean, it was like the second to the last lap, or no, it was like the third no, to the last lap. it was like lap. the first lap. Was that in the first it lap? It was on the it restart. Wasn't the it was the first lap. lap of the restart. Oh, okay. I was going to say, because I knew it wasn't the first lap, but... That's still the first lap, if you have a complete restart. Was it the first yeah. lap? God, so I, I don't want it... was like four I don't want it in. to sound like Tyler was complaining, because he wasn't, but... When the tables are turned, don't complain. Yeah. This is why I take notes. See how bad my memory is? Yeah, I can tell. (laughs) So that was the restart. Um, So that put – someone else was out too. So that semi was super easy. If you weren't in the crash, you were – oh. Now, you know what? It might have been second or third lap. Joey took himself out at the end of the first lap, I believe. Kind of sitting in third, but fourth was pressing him real hard. So he gave it a little much. 
and uh, slid out coming out of four. And it almost like because of you try to keep the front wheel up next to the hay bales where there was some stickiness, but the rear wheel would hang out. And it almost felt like a negative banking because like the dirt was wore away a little bit. Yeah. It was weird. Like so, off camber the whole way around. Yeah. So Joey, <laughs> I mean, and Joey, dude, he fucking killed it all weekend at the qualifier. Like the dude's been riding really good. So is this Joey Flaherty, JJ's younger brother? No, this is Joey five, five, like six oh, foot okay. nine. So Cal Hooligans, Joey, he won, um, born free at industry too. Oh, okay. Okay. So he high sided and then they restarted and then, um, <clears throat> Oh yeah, that's right. He, he's the guy that went out with the shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. That looked nuts. And you know what? They may have had a restart twice in that one. I only remember like one. No, flag, no, no, no. You know. There was only one in that one. There yeah. was also one in Tyler's heat. So. Yeah, if you were if you were hard. left standing, yeah, if you were left standing, you made it out of that one. Yeah, and then that six one they man did main. red flag because he was like because he high sided and wasn't sl- quite non slammed him in the but, dirt. Yeah. No, it, it I think it broke his collarbone. Yeah, that's what they were saying. So, and they, they, he yeah. he wasn't moving his arm when they took him off the track. Yeah, yeah. So he he hit hard. Um. So yeah, then they did a twelve man or sorry six man main. So, and then. Michler, Dan Michler won it uh-huh. of Michler's Harley Davidson, uh-huh. uncle to Morgan Michler. I was like, "There's got to." I, yeah, I, I didn't know it, they didn't say it, but I you knew know, it was like a someone family. brought up, and God, I don't remember who it was, but they they think that what we should do with the pros is just basically bust their balls. This was not even my idea. As anti-pro as I am, and outspoken as I am. Someone's like, what we should do with the pros is just bust their balls for sandbagging. <laughs> Would you say Benny Carlson was a... Uh, yes. Because he came in... Was he sandbagging? Yeah. He came in third, right? Or yeah. Or main? I, and I've, like, every interaction I've had with Benny, like, he's a cool dude. But I was, is, I was, is he trying to hang on to his professional dream that he had? Absolutely. Or, he, yeah, he just like I, I mean, like a racing and... There's no pro events to do anymore. Well, there's him. tons of pro events to do if you're not, pro. Yeah, I was gonna say if he's not a pro. The thing anymore. is, he was pro like fucking four years ago. Yeah. He did all the XR twelve hundred stuff. He was a pro flat tracker. Like the dude's pretty damn good. But whatever, that's a totally different story. I forget who came in second. So second was who was second Briar Bellman. Oh uh, no no no! Going under CC, the name um, CC Deville. Oh, fucking hell <laughs> <laughs> Ruining your brain Yeah it's late Hill um, Oh yeah 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 Hill sack Yeah Hill I want to say Mikey Hill But that's virus No it's uh, Josh Hill Josh right? Hill Yeah Yeah Josh Hill And then third was Benny Carlson Uh huh And then fourth was our Beloved Hulk Afro Brad Spencer Was he fourth? Yeah Okay I was bummed because he was chasing him down, and there was no your your pass had to be strategic. Your pass had to be almost halfway luck and yeah. halfway like because oh, there was only one line, absolutely. and they were on it. They were a train, and there was no. Oh, and then Chris Boone was fifth, and then Kilkenny crashed. Was it Kilkenny? Oh, I'll go ask Cartman. It was thirty-five, the white bike that ripped off my paint job. JJ's teammate, which I think is Kilkenny. Yeah, uh, yeah, Kilkenny Flaherty, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so he crashed. Um, I love making up names. Yeah, that's true. It was, but it was good, you know, like a Spencer, lot of it was on hey, TV. Spencer was in second or 
something for a minute, wasn't he? He got past, I think, because he's went a little wide or something. I forget exactly what it was, I but know. I think he was doing That's a little bit. Carver. He was doing a little bit better than fourth, and I think they got around him in one of the corners, and then that was all all she wrote. Maybe yeah. I don't know. So what did you what did you think? I, I'm I noticed that you didn't do any burnouts, and I figured it was probably for TV time. Yeah, they um, were all upset with the burnout. Yeah, so we didn't do it. Yeah. So what did you? What were your impressions of the like overall X Games? It was good. I just judging by this the the crowd, I don't know if it was worth moving it inside. I honestly, I think we had a better crowd at the races last year, twenty minutes away. Hmm. They had a shuttle bus, or you could take the train actually from up there. Um, so it was also weird because like I never spent much time in the athletes' lounge last year. Actually, I didn't go at all. But um, <clears throat> I just feel like there were more more fans last year than there were this year. Hmm. Like it wasn't, and it's also hard because there's grandstands all around that thing, so it doesn't look full. But you could put three thousand people in there, and it wouldn't look full. Yeah. So where the grandstands they had last year could have had 500 and been standing room. Yeah. Well, there's definitely – it's the Milwaukee Bucks arena. It's the Minnesota Vikings arena. That's what I meant to say. And it's way bigger than the Milwaukee Bucks arena. And so therefore, that probably lo- there was probably a lot of people there, but it looked blank. And, they, exactly. and I don't think they sold well, in every see, year. Well, and our race section. too is at fucking 10 in the morning. No one was there. Are you sure it wasn't the Milwaukee Vikings I'm stadium? Sure. So, yeah. So, I mean, so, yeah, I don't know if putting it indoors is worth it or not. Yeah. It, the track needs more time. You just, they can't, I mean, honestly, American Flat Track can't build it that good of a track anyway. And if they want to call me on my bullshit, then fly to fucking Europe. Yeah. And, and then tell me again that you can build a good track. And like, did they use it for anything later in that day? No. So it was just a flat track yeah. that day. So, yeah, using it for a multi multiple thing, I mean, you got to have it built underneath, kind of like they did with the um, – remember the first year of Daytona when they did the I wonder TT? if they could, like, build a decent track, lay down plastic, and then lay down all the dirt on top of it, like even put banking and all that shit. Even that, yeah, I mean, it's probably like a – not a perfect science to cover it up the night before and and then have it yeah. unearthed the next day and still be pristine. Oh, you for know, sure. Say, yeah. I don't, you could probably stick a decent amount of water in it, lay that big industrial plastic over it though. Yeah. But I know. I don't know. I, I mean, it's, it's not ideal how they had to do it. You, you know, it's, it's definitely 10 hours or whatever to build a track is fucking hard. Um, Brian Bell couldn't do it last, you know. He didn't even that track already existed. Yeah, and I mean it still was not doable. He know? wasn't a track builder, and the guy AFT has been doing it a long time. Yeah, with what he's got though, I've he, seen him have decent equipment and still yeah. build shit. <laughs> but again, go to fucking Cardiff's GP. Yeah, like you know, like everyone wants an attitude about it, and could I do it? No. But I also watched a shitty car track in Georgia or in Tennessee get turned into a pretty fucking nice bike track because the dude would listen. Now the difference is the AFT guy has no one to listen to. He's the one in charge. Yeah. And AFT got rid of the guy that made the track in Tennessee nice. Yeah. And then you go, like I said, flashback to Austin and even Milwaukee last year. 
and those that track those tracks are horrid. Like Austin's a, Austin is a oh Minneapolis last year. Yeah. yeah. Austin and, and Austin is a fucking permanent track. Yeah, and it's so terrible. that's a good example of what the fuck are you guys doing? Yeah, it's not the shape. Like I'm totally cool with Chris Carr's little diamond thing. Like it's weird, but I get that he likes to mix it up like that. But there's fucking holes and jumps and ruts and yeah. dry spots and loose spots and gravel spots. Like I, I don't know. And Austin was a pretty big track. If I remember it was about correctly. a half. So yeah. was last year's. Yeah. They called it a half, but it was a small half last yeah. year. And it had that big jump. I remember Carver coming out of four. Pic- yeah, seeing a picture of him like crossed up. Yeah. Fucking looked like he bunny hopped off a speed yeah. bump or something. So I don't know. Um what okay, given that impression, what do you think like some of the bowl skaters and street skaters and BMX guys, do you think for them they're like, dude, this is shit. Like this bowl is nothing like a real bowl that I've ever skated, or it's got lumps and bumps that you can't see because you know no, those vert ramps. That, those fucking track, those that shit's nice. The street yeah. section they set up, all the wood ramps, they're fucking nice. Yeah. I did see a wall ride, a BMX wall ride, and the whole fucking wall that he hit moved. And I was like, wouldn't that be weird if you were expecting? I it to actually be hard, think like a, a lot of them do for the parks like that. Yeah, I think that's pretty common. That but I was not, never good enough on a BMX bike to hit a real wall ride like that. Yeah, that it's not as stiff as it should be. Yeah, and yeah. it kind of kills. Like you can't pop off. That's of what it. I mean. Yeah, the guy was lucky. Lucky to make that gap. Yeah, I, it, it didn't so, look like I don't it know. was solid. Yeah, I don't. I I, I can't speak on whether that's yeah. good or bad. It'd be but. interesting to talk to some of those guys and be like, oh, you feel a dip in the plywood here because I move it around so much, or they have to yeah. build it in X amount of time, and you feel like yeah, a could bump be. or a dip. Yeah, that'd be that'd be interesting. Um, yeah, we're going to be wrapping up the show pretty soon. So I want to hear about your, uh, are you, well, first of all, I hope you make it to X Games next year. Hell, I hope one of these days I can make it to X Games with you. Um, if, 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 uh, I know I'm not too old because if, uh, you know, Brad Spencer can go, Brad Spencer can go and even Benny Carlson, maybe I can go. Um, I'm not young. I want to hear about your, your ride on this 2018 Goldwing. Man. Oh yeah. I've been wanting to talk about some bikes for a little while. So, on Friday, there was a guy about an hour north of Minneapolis, one of the pro twins guys, who built a little track in his old man's backyard. So, supposedly the exact specs. But it might have been the specs we were told. Exact specs of what the X Games yeah. track was going to be? Oh. But the X Games track, I don't think, was the exact specs what it was going to be either. So, anyway, they build this little track. And then my bike wasn't in town, so I couldn't go up and ride it. I wanted to go kind of get gearing set and stuff like that. So I uh, I was like, oh, I kind of wanted to see it, but I didn't really have a car. It was just my old man and I. And my dad's like, he had ridden up there the night before, so he was super tired. So he's like, you know what? He's like, just take my Goldwing up. You want to go check it out? And I had that helmet. That I, I So I flew there with a helmet for my con. So uh, I threw that on, and I took off on a 2018 goldwing man to go flat track it on a yeah no <laughs> so i just wanted track. to go see the track and then it was cool because like brad baker was there um jake johnson was there and i know both of those guys and then kevin anderson is whose house it was so i knew him a little bit a little bit too kobe carlisle was there but i didn't really know him or was it weird don't. showing up just too bad because i a bunch of pro like pro dudes i know um <laughs> not too bad because i knew some of them but yeah, it was kind of weird. But um, anybody lets you rip the track on their bike, or no? Well, so they weren't even ripping it on their bikes because it had rained and they kind of uh, rained out the practice. But 
I probably would ask. Is it a, just a backyard private track then? Yeah, that That's one was. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, they just cut it to get the size close. Yeah. So, although it was probably better than the track we raced on. So that, that's all. That's all the sucky. Yeah. But the Goldwing's <laughs> rad. It's so it supposedly makes less horsepower than the old one, but it feels faster. Hmm. It's got a four valve head instead of a two valve now, but it revs about the same, like sixty five hundred. It doesn't rev very hard. I didn't really get into the rev limiter bad, but on the on his old two thousand eighteen hundred, I did because it would. Like when you're riding a motorcycle or driving a car, like before it hits the rev limit where you feel the power drop off. And on the Goldwing, because it's basically meant for old people and they wanted to keep it low maintenance, the rev limiter is set lower than the power drop. Yeah, okay. So you're like, you feel like you're pulling it and you're waiting on the power to ease off to shift to like hit your shift points. Yeah, hit that torque, torque, yeah. torque. And it just, it hits rev limiter. It just huh. slams a rev limiter. But I didn't hit it on this one. So mm. I don't know. And I, I didn't really, it was all rainy too. And is then it, it a DCT or is it standard? No, he got the clutch. He didn't want the DCT. Um, what color is it? White. And it's the touring. It's got the third bag. Oh, rad. So, but yeah, he didn't want the DCT. He wanted the clutch. It has a... Four modes on the bar you can switch while you're riding. It starts up in touring mode every time, which is normal mode. If you go down, it's got a rain mode, which really kills the power out of it. It really kind of helped. Like, since I got rained on quite a bit, I put it in, and it, it definitely made you feel a little more comfortable in the rain. If you go below that one, there's a economy mode. Um, or, yeah, so it, like... It still was plenty fast, but I think like when you start cruising, it kind of cuts back, so you lose a little less fuel. And then if you go up from the touring, there's a sport mode. It's also got a traction control that turns on every time you turn the bike on. And you can turn it off, but I didn't learn how, so I never did. But I put it in sport mode to see how fast it'd go, and it pulled the front wheel up a little bit in second and kicked in the traction control. Dude, and that bike's heavy. That ain't no uh, little DRZ. Yeah. And then the house with the track was off a gravel road, so the traction control would, like, flash on and stuff. Uh, Yeah. Speaking to our, like, safety stuff, like, that stuff is pretty much all... uh, It's not mandatory, but it definitely does come on when it's equipped. I think the Goldwing also has the uh, linked brakes, where when you put on the back brake, the front brake engages and vice versa. It does, but I think they did a better job on this one of biasing it. I Mm -hmm. think the last one was more Mm -hmm. 50-50. And this one, it really... It really hit the front with the front lever, and when I'd hit the brake pedal, it didn't hit the front as much. But I have to say, too, it had radial mount six pistons on the front, and that thing would stop. Dude, you'd barely pull the front brake. You almost did a stoppy on Um, a 900-pound motorcycle? Yeah, it was pretty nuts. Has a cruise control with standard, and the cruise is pretty badass. The only thing I'm surprised it doesn't have, and it might have in a couple years, is like an eyesight cruise. Mm. Because I could pull up, you know, I'd be gaining on cars and it would just keep going. Yeah. So I'm kind of surprised there's no eyesight technology, but I'm sure Honda has it in their cars, I'm, I think. Subaru and Toyota do. Yeah, I mean, and Nissan and freaking yeah. everybody. So everybody's they'll, they'll put it in, their bike, in that bike soon enough. Um, and it was also cool. So it's a key fob. There's no actual key. Yeah, I was going to say that. It's like all keyless start. Yeah, so you just walk up, it's got a knob, you turn and turn it on. 
and then it's got like the Ducati start. So you just bump the starter now. You don't have to hold it until it starts. But it was cool. Like I was in on Friday night at the X Games and I wanted to go back to the house. And uh, so I just walk up to the bike and I hit the button and it opens up and I pull my helmet out <laughs> and I turn it on. Like no getting a key out, no any of that stuff. So that was really cool. Did it have the airbag? Is it the, uh, no. the full on? Yes. I don't think the full on one has the airbag, does it? Yeah. Okay. They got That's the Takata thing tour. figured out. Yeah, and the regular, the the gold. Well, wing. even on the touring, isn't that an option? Well, it's one of the trim. It's like the highest trim package. Okay, yeah, and he didn't get the highest trim package. Yeah. It would have like Navi because the and highest. Audio and so all he stuff. has Navi and it has a good Bluetooth audio and stuff. Yeah. And the very last step is the airbag. Yeah, so like well, the fourth package. And then the fourth package, you have to get DFT or the DCT. Oh yeah, probably. So right. and he didn't yeah. want that. He's very. I'm surprised he got to one of the third bag, actually. Yeah. He really usually likes the bare bones stuff. Yeah. So the the Navi, once you get it all programmed in, isn't bad, but it's kind of primitive to program. Yeah. And they're, that's all they are. Uh, somebody was making, I forget even what uh, podcast I was listening to, but somebody made a good point that the Navis, no matter how good they are, uh, they are just navvies where your yeah. phone can do so much more. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and a lot of them, a lot of cards have iCar play or CarPlay, you know, where you can Bluetooth right to your phone. And I His think did a lot have, of bikes should have that. Right. And so there's a little compartment right above the gas compartment, right in between yeah. the bars and that. And your phone fits in there. I don't know about a X plus or eight plus or whatever, but mine fit right in. And it has a little USB plug like right there that you can put a little charging cable in and it would Bluetooth to my phone. I had like yeah. music going, but it didn't want to do the, it would do the Pandora, but I had to, which I have to do this in um, my wife's car too. I have to turn Pandora on and then plug it like in. sync it kind of. It won't, yeah. well, it'll do Pandora. It won't do other ones in her car. And then on his bike, it would only do the music on my phone, but I only have like six songs on my phone. I just use Pandora or Spotify. So I have to do that first and then plug it in and then play it and it would work fine. Hmm. So it's not super ideal, but it would charge and everything and it worked pretty nice. But honestly, you can't fucking hear it. Yeah. Like I turned it, I kept turning it up, turn it up. And I'm like, I don't want to blow out his speakers on his brand new fucking bike because there's so much wind noise. Yeah. It also has a movable windscreen up and down. Um, so that was cool because I could kind of adjust where I wanted because I felt like his old one was too tall. I think the seats are also pretty much adjustable for height-wise. You can uh, adjust them up and down. I don't think you can adjust them back and forth. Maybe the whole bike then, or unless it had something under the seat to lift it up. It had a backrest thing you can put right in. Yeah. I think you had to buy that separate, and it had heated seats from the factory. Oh, nice. But, I, I mean, honestly... Dude, the thing handled like a sport yeah. bike. I came back from X Games on Friday night, and I put it in sport mode, like through town, and was just like ripping the throttle. The thing just felt like a really comfortable sport bike. Nice. Like, it, it really does. They fucking rip. They haul ass, and they sound. It sounds better than the old one did too. Yeah. The old one sounded more like a vacuum cleaner. The handling is supposedly better because of the not only the improved suspension but the way the front suspension that's that whole new yeah, like weird so front end normal handling it didn't do much where the new front end felt good was like leaned over on the freeway and then hit a big bump on the freeway or hit a big chuck hold riding through town or like when you're on the brakes it felt so much better then yeah but it's weird because you see the like knobs of it moving because yeah. it's right in front of the bars and you see that like moving the whole time and turning like 
the bars are back behind it and there's a little linkage. Yeah. So you'd see them turn. But it was the front end did feel good. It was a noticeable improvement. Yeah. Um, especially like I said, over some of the bumps and when you're like leaned over and hit a bump, it felt better. Oh yeah. Um, that's why you, it's why uh, BMW uses a pair of lever on all their stuff, you know, like it's just yeah. an amazing feel. Yeah. Stability even but over just, bumps and tur- and in turns. Yeah. You know? Like just kind of like hitting like little windy roads through town and stuff and then like kind of rolling on the throttle and shifting, the thing just felt fucking right. great. So, yeah. it's it's definitely uh if you have 24 grand or whatever, it's a pretty good one. Yeah, they're not cheap. They're no, uh, and that's pretty entry level. They're no Suzuki TU 250. Yeah, for th- sure. Then again, the new uh, CRF 450 Rally that, or you know, 450 L that they're coming out with. They're coming out with like a a mid level uh, off road adventure, you know, because they got the 250 and 250 Rally, and then the 650 yeah. L. So yeah, even that one like is not cheap. Like that's a pretty pricey 450. Yeah. But um, but yeah, that sounds cool. I really want to I really want to talk about the Gold Wings and maybe some new bikes one of these days on one of our shows. But um, we'll just have to see what we got time for. Um, speaking of time, man, that's that we're, that's we're, been real close. Yeah, man. we're we're uh, we're gonna call this a night. And uh, Junkmeister will get to his stuff later. Uh, I did want to say that um, thanks, Brian Honeycutt, for uh, who, by the way, check out our Facebook page. He's got a bike for sale, a track bike that's like crazy legit, and it's not very much. So check out our Facebook page for that. Um, we'll roast one of your bikes next week, Brian. Um, I promise. And then uh, we'll talk about some some other stuff. But now we're going to get into some upcoming events. And uh, if you would like to uh, head over to patreon.com forward slash creative writing and i'll tell you what there's been a couple new patrons and i'm really stoked your stuff went out one of them was chad who was riding for us during the motorcycle podcasters challenge i hope you guys love the stuff that we sent out and uh got your letters and stickers and all that great stuff we've been having crazy trouble with the mail here i don't know what's been going on so i took it to the actual post office and dropped it off so uh Go over to Patreon.com. We're going to be having some cool stuff as uh, the money starts rolling in. Any day now, Chris, we're going to be billionaires. I swear to God. But uh, <laughs> maybe not. But we will be able to upgrade the equipment here pretty soon and maybe even get like a little camera for some live stream or video stuff. Who knows? Um, but yeah, go, go over to Patreon.com. Check it out. If for nothing else, to get a sticker and a letter from, from the show and uh, tell your friends how cool we are. Because uh, some of those guys, you got to pay them big bucks for a sticker. <laughs> We're cheap. But uh, yeah, check us out on the Instagrams, uh, creative writing podcast at gmail.com or at wig09 and or field initiative knives and uh, go get yourself something handy from over there and uh yeah i think we're gonna call this quit you got any cool sign offs i don't know i grew up in the midwest if i'm saying that right all right everybody you hear this that's right that is the fans going it's a hot one if you are in the inland empire this weekend riding around or san bernardino county or the deserts of california um be safe would you it is wildfire season big shout out to all the people in uh northern california and the redding mount shasta area and all that stuff i uh, hope you guys stay safe there's a huge fire raging up there and uh anywhere actually where there's like inclement weather i know all over the midwest we're having flooding and 
in the even parts of the southwest and the in the central parts of uh, the country um, flooding all over and got some family in Virginia you guys just had some ragers back there too so crazy weather this summer everybody please take care and uh, stay safe and ride um, if you're riding uh, ride safe and, and uh, geared up for for the weather and all that great stuff um, got some apolo- I haven't done this in a while but I think I should do some apologies uh, apologies to Bob K who is a been a professional in the motorcycle industry for about 40 years he was one of the judges on the uh, for the golden bolt motorcycle show also uh, mark prosser who's a fabulous welder and fabricator i think we mentioned um miguel galuzzi who uh i forget i think i i got his name finally there but uh yeah he was one of the guys and um helped do the aprilia uh tuono the rsv4 the dorsa duro helped do some few moto Guzzi's, and of course the original monster and chip foos um who is a car custom specialist also like to give a big shout out to all the socal hooligans uh and everybody in the hooligan class that raced the x games this year i should have said the x games hooligans uh good job guys and uh no disrespect to anybody who made the finals and um all the disrespect to people who didn't make the finals how's that and uh yeah you guys did a great job and uh keep it up and uh yeah i think that's about it Let's do some upcoming events. Let's do some upcoming events. How's that one? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go off the gram. Go off the gram. Ellie Motorcyclist is down. If you're looking for that website, they're doing a redesign and rebranding. So they're down. But looking here on the Instagrams, the Aether Moto, they do uh, rides, I think, once a month in L.A. and San Francisco. This week in uh, Beachwood Canyon, July 29th, meet at 8.30 a.m. Kickstands up at 9, um, 161 La Brea Avenue, L.A., and if you are in uh, San Francisco, well, they don't have they don't have the info for uh, San Francisco. So what the hell? Uh, but anyway, yeah, it's a ride to Gasser Customs. They're heading to Beachwood Canyon, stopping for brunch at the Beachwood Cafe around 1030. Arrive with a full tank of gas or else you're that chump. Uh, also coming up, our friend Brady Walker, the dirty talker. You heard him a few episodes ago now. It's been a little while. It was uh, right before the Californian happened, but he was talking about his events coming up in august well guess what that is here now i mean next week is going to be august already so he's having a carnival of speed two tracks one weekend willow springs and the streets of willow uh august 11th and 12th it's 150 dollars um 200 i think for both days so uh yeah it's gonna be awesome and that's uh like I said, out at Willow Springs, there's going to be armor racing, vintage street bikes, air-cooled modern classics, or if you're new to the track, go check that out, and uh, it's going to be super, super fun. Uh, Saturday at Big Willow, Sunday, the streets of Willow, uh, Jiffy Tune is bringing out their mobile dyno with uh, $45 poles. Uh, the Carnival of Speed is actually going to be, um, there's going to be like a barbecue dinner by Deus, there's going to be live music, there's going to be uh, like games that you'd find on a boardwalk or a midway. It's going to be a lot of fun, cool stuff. Uh, camping says it's going to be a doozy. Spectators and partiers, welcome. Uh, I think I might be out of state that day, or else I would uh, try to check that out. Um, all right. 
If you're hearing this today, you're way too late. There's a lot of people riding to uh, Sturgis, actually, and I think Sturgis starts next week, so you better get your buns in gear. Um, there's going to be uh, Harley Davidson's 194th. Uh, whatever, 115th anniversary coming up. So I know a lot of people are heading out to Sturgis, heading out to Milwaukee uh, as of this week. So uh, hopefully you're on like one of those gypsy tours or whatever the hell they're doing. This weekend also, 729 at 12 o'clock a.m., racing at 1 o'clock, it's going to be the uh, British American Motors Hell on Wheels mini bike and drag racing. Uh, They're going to be at BA Moto for the world-famous mini bike drag race. Let it all hang out with your Sunday's best grandmother's dress, drag attire is a must. Uh, so if you plan to race, it's a $10 race fee or just cheer on your favorite race queen. Um, so yeah, if you're uh, into drag racing and racing in drag, check it out. BA Moto is the place to be. Also another super time sensitive event. If you are listening to my voice now, you can head over to www.redbullromaniacs.com and live stream some of the day four, I believe, uh, and and uh, rewatch some of the um, day one, two, and three of the Red Bull Romaniacs. That'll be wrapping up here pretty soon. So check that out. There's a bunch of stunt shows going on over in France right now. Uh, if you follow Julian Welsh like I do on uh, the Instagrams, he's a top stunt writer. You can see where he's going to be. Um, also in Australia, July 29th is going to be the Sydney five hour motorcycle endurance race from uh, Sydney Motorsport Park. Watch it, hear it, experience it facebook.com forward slash st george mcc or st george motorcycle club on instagrams and www.stgeorgemcc.com for all that uh stewart is racing the upcoming five hour and endure race uh get there and see some great action now i don't know who stewart is but uh i used to watch a comedy show called mad tv and stewart was a pretty funny little character on there all right everybody uh the music's about to run out which means our time's up it's two hours and uh, if you have any events coming up be fee free to email them or feel free to email them to creative writing podcast at gmail.com as usual send any questions relating to anything from quilting to what type of t- metal tooling steel you use to make your piercings uh, ask wigs a-s-k-w-i-g-g-z at gmail.com have a safe and wonderful weekend see you next week bye <laughs>